Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, the Brewing Network Sunday Live Show, and we're happy to be with you today, especially Dr. Scott. Oh, yes. I'm, like, really happy to be here. <laughs> uh, I left Dr. Scott uh, a mere two hours ago, it seems. It wasn't very long ago, and left him with my roommate. Oh, it was more than two hours ago. Two and a half, maybe? About one o'clock. It's five now. Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Two uh, hours. Yeah, so Doc, uh, th- though, was uh, trying to enlighten my roommate on the uh, do's and don'ts of uh, good and bad homebrew. We went through uh, so many things. It, uh, we pulled, I really needed to uh, purge my cellar. Yeah. There were some things there that, hmm, that's questionable. Yeah. Let's drink it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we did. <laughs> We pitched a lot of things. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> it's funny because uh, early in the week, you know, I tell Doc, "Listen, we're going to do this decoction show." So, and he's like, "Okay, good. You know, we need a we need a solid information show. We've been partying for a couple of weeks, and and uh, <laughs> and he's like, there he is. He's like, hey, I can do decoction in my sleep, man. <laughs> well, well, no, we had a whole day yesterday." Yeah, yesterday we, uh, we brewed, and you're gonna find out all about that. We did our own, uh. 12 hour brew. Double decoction. Took us 12 hours, but, you know, mostly because we were screwing around and, uh, drinking and, uh, who knows what all day. Uh, so that was fun, and, and that's gonna be sort of the basis of our discussion to get us, uh, started. And then of course, uh, as I posted, uh, just a couple of days ago, I hope you know, if you don't, uh, the great John Palmer will be joining us to help us, uh, with our decoction discussion. So cool. It's very cool. We couldn't have thought of a better person to, uh, to chime in here and help us do it, so, uh, I think that Doc figured that was his pass. Yeah. 
Like as soon as I said, <laughs> yeah. hey, "Don't worry, John Palmer will be here to help us." He's like, "Sweet." sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we probably did the most difficult brew yesterday. Yeah. What was a twelve-hour brew? Yeah, I think. Um, it was more than that. It was we started at nine and finished after ten. <laughs> so it's like a thirteen-hour brew day. If we didn't have people like you know. We had we had barbecue going. We had other things going. Yeah, we did it the fun way, you know. We, yeah, uh, we, we, and you said it was the fun way. I mean, we figured. Listen, if we're going to do all the work of decoction, we might as well have some fun in between. And all that was really, really mellow. Yeah, it, it just went and it did. And it was not any hassles. We only had one major screw up, which we fixed easily. Which, which we'll, one, which we'll one talk about the water problem. I was thinking the melting aluminum. Okay, two major issues. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> we'll talk all about that when we get into the brew. Uh, but it really was a lot of fun, and it's going to help us kickstart things. So if you have disco- uh, you know questions about how to do decoction mashes, then uh, get them ready. Of course, you can join Daniela in the chat room, and she'll answer, uh, or rather, take all your questions so that we can answer them. Or you could also call eight 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 four zero one beer. I uh, almost gave out this number on the FM show. I heard today. it. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving out my studio line here. People to call into the FM and show. And Dr. Scott said, uh, "See you at the real show." <laughs> yeah, Doc called into my other show too, and said, "I'll see you tonight at your real show." Uh, he oh, makes a good point. Oh, you know, we sat there, me and uh, uh, Chad. Well, let's go sit, have a couple of beers. Let's call in. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and I said, he's going to shut us down quick. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had to uh, get you off before the dump button started getting hit. You know, you yeah. never know. Let's shut, shut me down quick. But <laughs> yeah. I got to say, I was proud of you for the bags rent today. Some of the listeners in the chat room heard it too. I'm really proud of you. We've, we've been putting on a fight against the bags for, what, two and a half years now? Yeah, the bag problem drives me nuts. Don't <laughs> even get started again. No, but it was a good rent. Proud Thank of you. you. Are All the right. people in the chat room uh, with me or just said, what an idiot for ranting too long about that? Um, they're with you. That's good. Cool. I think we got Sean on the phone. Sean, what's happening? Hey. Hey. <laughs> what's the word, man? I gotta tell you, man. I'm. I, I. I feel weird right now having 16 ounces of that energy energy beer drink you gave me. Yeah. And then the country club. I'm out of my freaking mind right now. <laughs> if you, I don't yeah. know whether I'm coming and going. <laughs> How big is your head? <laughs> Daniela just told me that I sounded angry on the show. See what that stuff does to you? Yeah, we did a taste test today on the FM show. I'm getting off topic here just for a sec. Uh, we did a taste test on the FM show, and uh, I wanted to try out these energy drinks. They're like Red Bull, but they're half malt Which is disgusting beverage. in itself. They're, yeah, they are terrible. And we just thought we'd try them. I figure if we're going to bash them, we better know what we're talking about. And we all, they didn't get us wired like an energy drink does. They just made us feel real strange. Like, That's so funny. <laughs> that was at, at the break. Sean just looks at me and goes, I feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people pay for that. Yeah, that's right. It's like it's, a weird drug. Well, I'm out here uh, at Barclays right now. I'm about to go in and get a beer. I think they got Country Club on draft, so we're going to grab one. I thought you were going to be here. Uh, of our, Doc, you sound out of, you're out of your mind. Oh, yes, I am. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a great show on decoction. Yes, right. <laughs> highly technical, highly. Yeah, it was funny. We did a blind taste test of bad beers, and Sean's, and there was one craft beer in there, but Sean's favorite beer of all of them was Country Club Malt Liquor. <laughs> that's what he chose in a blind nice, taste. Nice, Sean. Nice. Yeah. All right, I gotta move on, Sean. Sean, quick, right, quick question though: When are you gonna post your IPA recipe in our forum? Oh, they've been. I know, I know. I gotta do that. Can you do that before or after I'll, Europe? I'll, you know what? I'll do it. I got to pack tonight to leave tomorrow, and I will do it tonight. 
You rock, so man. That means pretty much talk to Nico. <laughs> Otherwise, it's free beers for everybody. Oh! <laughs> free beers, right. then it is. Be careful. Hey, Sean, have a good time in Italy, and don't forget to bring gifts. Always, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was the FM show. Stay tuned for the archive if you didn't hear it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so anyway, uh, please uh, get your questions ready for John Palmer and Dr. Scott on decoction mashing. And we'll be doing an A to Z, tell you why we're going to do it, uh, why you would be doing a decoction mash, what the benefits are, uh, what the downfalls are. And uh, I think that John Palmer might even have a couple ideas of how to get around it uh, if you don't really want to do one. And I'm sure that Doc has some tricks up his sleeve, too. So we'll talk uh, all about that uh, just a little bit later on in the show. So hang on. A couple of announcements that I need to make. Uh, the store has been replenished. I did talk about it last week, but I also put up a new color of shirts. Red shirts are there. Red. Uh, everybody who's seen them out here loves them, thinks that they're great. So if you've been waiting to buy a shirt, now's the time to do it. Also, and now uh, this is uh, this is cool, Doctoberfest shirts are now available. No way. Yeah. Uh, you can now get Doctoberfest shirts. Now, those actually aren't in uh, our store uh, you need to go to this address, and Danielle is going to post it in the chat room. It's a weird address, but you can buy Doctoberfest 2006 <laughs> T-shirts, courtesy of a friend of the show, John Foster. He made them and brought them to us and then set up one of these web stores that you can go get them. You can go to 28609.spreadsheet. No, dot .spreadshirt.com, sorry. 28609.spreadshirt.com. Danielle is posting it in the chat room, and we will also put the link up on the forum as soon as the show is over. It's today. a nice shirt. I wore it for three days. <laughs> they really are cool shirts. Yes. I want one, too. Yeah. There's a lady. They, on there, he has long sleeve shirts. He has T-shirts, both in black and white, and he has a ladies' shirt. Well, he has more than we do. He has more than we do, and it's all Doctoberfest 2006 shirts. But That's you, awesome. You guys have a lot of red shirts that are very cool looking. They, they the red shirts are real cool. Want to so, buy one, uh, Doctor Scott? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Thirty bucks. Thirty we bucks. Just sell for you. one to Doc. That's terrible. <laughs> I know. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll give you one. You can. No, have there's one. So, the red is very. It's like this deep yellow. It's very cool. Yeah, the 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 text on there. They're cool shirts. So just check out the Brewing Network store. Hit the store button right on our homepage. It's you can do good, that. It's a good red. Also, uh, the John Palmer podcast is available. After you hear the man today and you realize how much the guy actually knows, you're going to want to go and check that out. You can purchase that on our store for a measly two dollars and fifty cents. Measly. The last thing I want to say is uh, to remind you all that the Brewing Network's conical Christmas has been announced. We did it last week during Doctoberfest. The double conical Christmas. Yay. That's right, and that's courtesy of HCA. Industries and uh, also beer, beer, and more beer. They're each giving away a giant beer, beer, and more beer that means conical two. fermenter. That's two, two, one, uh, two for 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 two people, right? Two conicals. Two conicals. Doc's confusing me. His drunkenness is uh, is permeating into my headphones. <laughs> it's two conicals. That's right, and it is the first official Brewing Network conical Christmas. Two chances to win, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start that uh, the first Sunday. In November. Ooh, so tune in. Very cool. Uh, I do need to make a clarification. People thought last week that I was saying the only people that can win are live listeners. And that's not true. What I was meaning to say is that you have to listen to the show to win. And there will be, uh, I think the way it's going to work is there'll be a winner for live listeners and a winner for podcast listeners. But the key is you're going to need to tune in or listen to the show one way or the other Every week beginning in November. Exactly. The same thing you all do anyway. I'm just, uh, you know, just telling you, if you miss a week, you're going to miss a chance 
to win yourself a conical, a free conical courtesy of uh, HCA. You can go to HCAIND.com or, of course, morebeer.com, and those are our two sponsors for the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas. I will take care of you podcasters, fear not. I did get a couple of emails and you folks were concerned that I wasn't going to let you in on the winnings, but you're in. Don't you worry. I'll be coming up with a plan for you folks, too. I really want to participate, too. <laughs> we'll get ourselves a conical. We need I one. Uh, I will participate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's going to be good fun. You guys are going to want to tune in um, for all that. And I think that those are uh, all of my announcements. What about the video, though? Uh, video's on its way. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. have to answer questions here There's in the so chat many room. people want to see that. Uh, look at, I was told by my guy, the guy who did the film, uh, he said, I can do, before we did it, he said, I can put that sucker out in two days, no big deal. And, uh, <laughs> then at the end of the show on Sunday, he tells me Thursday. And then on Thursday, he calls me and says, I'll be there tomorrow with a rough cut. Which he was, he showed up Friday with a rough cut, which means it's not done. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know. Early this week, what, what can I say? It's out of my hands. I, I'm no video editor, and all I can do, uh, look, the guy's working for free. He's really good at what he does. Uh, he's a professional, and he's donating his time to do this movie. So uh, I do apologize. I, I, all I did was relay what I was told. I was told a couple of days. In fact, I did it on. The, I was looking the guy in the face during the show. I said it to you guys. I'm looking at the guy, and I say, "How long?" And he says, yeah, "A couple of days." And you all heard it here, and. Uh, I don't know. I, what am I going to do? Call the guy out when he calls and says, oh, it's not ready? I'm going to say, hey, you know, get to work for free. Not. It's coming. <laughs> so and it's I, worth waiting for yeah. it. Three, so. four weeks. It'll be good. It'll be cool. Uh, no, uh, it, it'll be ready this week. I, I, just, I just don't know when this week, but uh, it'll be ready. So that's the movie. The other movies, hang in there. They're all – the guy's got three movies on his plate now. He's got the Oktoberfest. He's got the Oktoberfest beer school on the bus, and he's got the GABF. And the GABF is a ton of work because yeah. we have like – we delivered 12 to 14 hours of uh, footage. Of footage oh, there's so many edit. segments. It's like cut, yeah. cut, cut. Yeah. 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 To make a – you know, he's, it's got to be uh, – it's got to have continuity. It's got to be entertaining. It's exactly. got to be – so give the guy a break. Uh, hang in there. You know, yeah. it, it, they'll be coming up. And, and one right last question that was just uh, asked here: um, Are you? Do you have any plans for a new one-hour boil? Uh, I do have plans, but I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna tell you what's happening. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, because you know what's gonna happen. Because uh, basically, all these things, it, it, the industry is really busy right now. Mm. I'm gonna say that everybody is growing in craft beer, and these are the people I do the one-hour boils with, and and. Uh, uh, and even for homebrewers, there are folks that are, uh, you know, just finishing competition season, and everyone's just really busy. So if I went ahead and told you the names, and then they, they didn't happen on time, people missed their appointments, uh, all of these things happen. And uh, so, you see what I mean? I don't want to get all the emails that say, what happened to this guy? What happened to that guy? Um so, but there will be more episodes. What I can tell you is that I've got, uh, I'm talking to some really great people that you've all, uh, wanted me to get on the show before and couldn't ever really do the show because of the time, you know, because it's on Sundays and also because they're not in our part of the country. But I've got some really great, uh, uh guests lined up for the one hour boils. So hang in there. We're going to put out as many as we can. Sometimes there'll be two up in one week. Sometimes there's going to be a month in between. There's nothing I can do to, uh, you know, I just got to keep booking. Hoping people can make it. All right. So uh, in oh, the meantime, good. in the meantime, enjoy yourself some John Palmer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You guys are either sharing the download, or uh, not enough of you are going to check it out. Uh, compared to what uh, people who download our, you know, free products, apparently two dollars and fifty cents is a 
It's tough to come by out there. Yeah, it looks right. like. What <laughs> so, is it? I mean, um, we're playing a beer. Our listenership yeah. is so huge, and yeah. then it's going. It's not going up when you yeah. have to pay for the stuff. Yeah. It's not even a tenth. It's not even a twentieth. It's not even a hundred of the people <laughs> who usually listen to our show. It happens. What are you going to do? Well, I think we need the people that will actually pay for it to like go with the other people into doing it. Well, I bought my copy, so it's not me. I'll tell you what. Nobody needs to be goaded. If you want it, it's, it's there. Check fading. it out. Uh, and I'll tell you what. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. That's all I'm going to uh, say about that. From the reviews we've got, yeah, it's all good. It's a good thing. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's our announcements uh, for the day. You all know what time it is now. Oh, my God. You've got mail. <laughs> Kick ass. It's time for a little feedback. Did I mention John Palmer's doing the show with us today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? That is so cool. Got an email from the Pope. No way. The anonymous Pope Jamil. We've missed that. Yeah. Justin, you know talent hack. Yada yada, <laughs> he says. Starts out, what the F is up with Doc? Are we finally seeing his true nature? I guess we had to add ass-sniffing to his list. <laughs> that banjo-picking, goat-loving, dope-smoking, ass-sniffing, table-banging, overly sentimental, crying-drunk freak. <laughs> now I know why he wanted to stick his head under my robes after I farted. He kept asking me to give him a Pope's biscuity oven. He is one sick F. <laughs> of course, referring to uh, Roger from Drake's being in here and uh, putting his ass in Dr. Scott's face. You know what? He did it over and over. The whole show. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in one place and it was just an ass in my face. <laughs> Where was he going to go? He couldn't even run. I couldn't even run. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Uh, Pope Jamil finally uh, taking me off of his ripping list for one week anyway and giving it to Doc. Thanks. Another one. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Justin and the rest of the Brewcasters gang. Wow, what a great show. Let me start by saying this. Justin, you suck. <laughs> I like the rest of you guys, however. You're cool. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year, and I've really enjoyed the show. I've learned something. Um, I've learned something and wasted a lot of time. Thanks. I am a brewer, <laughs> and I've been brewing for over a year now. I really love it. I can always have a great beer on hand. He goes on to say, but here is my beer emergency. This is the good part, all right? I am in the Air Force. I teach weapons on air-based defense, and I'm currently stationed in South Korea. I'll be here for a year. That creates two problems for me. One, I can't brew because all my equipment is in the U.S. with my wife. Two, beer in Korea seriously sucks. Imagine a place where they don't sell 12-packs or even a 6-pack. Imagine that the only beer you can buy is a Coors or Bud Light. I can get some Heineken on base, he says, but I'm pretty much screwed if I want to drink any good dark beer. He says, I miss barley wine. Sob, sob. I miss dark ales. Help me. This is not right. This is beer abuse. He says, put my info out there and tell people to send me some beer. I'm a proud man, but I don't mind begging. Holy crap. If I don't get some real beer soon, I might have to buy some Bud Light. Is that what you want? How can I fight the North Koreans without a good barley wine or IPA? Quotation sobs and whimpering. I miss Dogfish Head. I miss IPAs. Daniela, please make Justin do this. If he refuses, cut him off. Sorry, extreme, sorry, Justin, but extreme measures and all that. Here's the deal. 
If someone does not send me some real beer, communism will win in Korea, possibly even the world. <laughs> Do you want to have to learn Korean? Do you want the show format to change to the Kim Jong-il is better than you hour? Fight for your country, people. I need beer. One last sob and whimper. Wow. And then he gives me his address, and, and if people email me and want to send him some beer in oh, South Korea. You better do that. Uh, I will, I'll email you back with his address. Not, Let's email not him a bottle. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Poor guys. Come on, I'll, e- I'll send him a bottle. I'm wondering if it's even allowed. Doesn't matter. You don't have to put your address down. You just send it. That's true. Just wonder if he's going to make it through customs, though. You know what I mean? Like South Korean Well, customs. at least you can give it a try. I'll send him a bottle of good You know what? If we just, like, mass mail it. Yeah. I think he would get what he wants, at least a little like something. Like a couple of them would make it through, right? Right. But so you know, here's a, a, a Budweiser and a Soapy. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> you know, here's a guy uh, working for the uh, U.S. military overseas. Uh, you know, and, and from any country, it's it's not even about the U.S. here. You're, you're out of your home. You're, you're stationed somewhere else. And you can't get, uh, you know, what we consider, uh, you know, your, your common everyday things, the luxuries of home and I think it is cool to, uh, on occasion, try to bring it to folks that are away from home like this who are uh, doing a service. So uh, send me an email, justin at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I will give you, his name is Jack, and uh, I'll give you Jack's address over there in South Korea. And uh, I don't know, if you guys want, we can send him some beer. It's all up to you. Uh, I just told him I, I'd read it because I definitely thought it was interesting. Definitely. Well, the crazy, and I relate to it. The really crazy thing is that can go from state to state. You move to another state, it's like, I can't get beer on Sunday. Yeah. I'm wigged. You know? <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing just just mushrooms into something like, I don't want to live here anymore. Yeah. Never mind being out in another country right. entirely. So there you go. Help a brother out. Send me an email. Uh, here's a suggestion that came through. Several months ago, he says, uh, you mentioned doing a troubleshooting episode. I've done some search on the web about this topic, but really would like to hear your thoughts and feelings. You guys are great. Keep up the good work. And that's from Eric. Uh, yeah, we are going to do a troubleshooting episode. Uh, it's it's in the works. i got to get the right guests lined up to help us do it. And basically, it'll be an episode to help you figure out uh, uh, you know, what, rent, what, what went wrong with your beers. <laughs> so what we'll probably do is... Uh, Say that again. Yeah. We'll probably put a line of my beers up on the table, and then everyone can figure out uh, you know, what went wrong. What went wrong. And it's sort of to help people... Uh, 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 troubleshoot your, your process and the whole thing. So I will be putting together a show like that. So hang in there. It's coming. we got lots of time. We do this every week. So The last one, and a lot of people sent me an email about this uh, particular thing, so I'm going to play it for you guys. But it's, uh, Justin, you know talent hack, <laughs> but with an awesome job and girl and life. Uh, oh, I mean, you're an asshat. <laughs> oh, and by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, anyhow, uh, he wants to know if I've heard of this group. And it's a song by a group called Psycho Stick. It's uh, Psycho Stick Beer is the song. Let me play you. I'll play you just a, a short version of it. I have heard of this song. Lots of people have emailed it to me. I've not played it on the show, I don't think. If I did, it was a long time ago because I did find this MP3, I don't know, early this year, I think. And I might have put it on. Uh, here, I'll just play you like the first verse and through the chorus, and then I'll play the whole thing at the break. But I figured I had to put it out there since so many people have been uh, emailing it to me. So this is a band called Psycho Stick, Great. and it's called Beer. I like beer because it is good. I drink beer because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you bring. 
Rock and roll, right? Now <laughs> that's heavy metal. Yeah. You know what? I think Span and Push could do, do it, it much better. better. Oh yeah. It tastes real crappy, but cold beer will make me happy. When I throw up on the floor, I can go and drink some more. They say beer will make me dumb. It aren't so good with pizza. Now that we have drunk some beer, let's go drive a car. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. All right. No, spin and push. <laughs> I think they could do better. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll play the whole thing at the break, which we're just about to take, as a matter of fact. It's not so, bad. Uh, no, it's actually, I kind of like it. You know? I kept my headphones on. Daniela, you didn't like it? You're oh, making I that. totally dig it. I'm German, uh, and we love that stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> we like, like our heavy metal. Angry. Yeah, you guys got rom <laughs> there. You do like your heavy metal. <laughs> there you go. So uh, it's <laughs> it's coming up at the break. You can uh, hear the entire thing. Hang in there, because when we come back, John Palmer's going to get on the phone with us, and we're going to start our discussion on decoction mashing. We'll also keep having a couple beers ourselves and uh, see if we can get Doc to speak in incomplete sentences. Uh, very, very shortly here. <laughs> I won't be having any more beer. Stay tuned, everybody. To the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
let me have some. Touch the felt. <laughs> Bring it in there. Touch the felt. <laughs> Bring it in there. Touch the felt. <laughs> Bring it in there. Touch the felt. <laughs> 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 Bring it in there. Touch the belt. I was hoping you might let me have some. Touch the belt. <laughs> Bring it in there. Touch the belt. Touch the belt. <laughs> Touch the belt. tuned into the brewcast you're here with the brewcasters and this is the decoction show on the brewing network uh, john palmer is uh joining us now so that we can uh, get right into it and like i said we're going to use dr scott and i's uh experiment yesterday which by the way we're hoping is going to turn into an, a fantastic beer oh i think it has every element of being a great beer uh, it was uh by the looks of it it's going to be uh, real good and we'll start talking about that in just a second john palmer you're on with us how are you John, who? <laughs> hey, John. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. How about you all? Oh, awesome. We're doing great. Uh, Dr. Scott's doing better than most of us. Yeah. Happy Doctoberfest. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> it's Doctoberfest Part 2. We're just going to... It's like the month of... Uh, it's, it's a month-long celebration. I told you. It's Doctoberfest all month. <laughs> Now, John Palmer, of course, is the author of uh, the book that uh, both Dr. Scott and I are just huge fans of. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of you have read it out there. Thank it's you. It's, uh, it's How to Brew, and you can go to howtobrew.com if you, if you don't know about this book, although I'm confident that uh, pretty much all of you do. Uh, and he does have a whole section about different mash techniques, and one of those techniques, of course, is decoction mashing. And uh, so he agreed to come on and, and help us do that discussion, and I appreciate that, John. Oh, happy to be here. This is fun. Especially because it was on short notice. I called him a few days ago and said, hey, we're going to throw together this decoction show. What do you think? And John's like, yeah, I don't have anything to do. Well, no, <laughs> I've, I've told you so long that John is such a cool guy. Well, and he's uh, he's dedicated uh, to homebrewers. Uh, it's not just this show. I'll tell you what. You send John Palmer an email, I guarantee you get an email back. And what I like about John, and hi, John, by the way, he oh. explains things that I can even understand them. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and me too, for that matter. <laughs> so there you go. Enough kissing your ass, John. Yeah, really. I'm oh, we can keep doing it. Okay. okay. Well, now that, you, now that you know we like you, we can make fun of you for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the show. Yeah, I took time out of my busy schedule of building closets and you know, home improvement and such. And yeah, is but that what you're doing today? You're, you're building your son a closet or something, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, they work with the two by fours and stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you now you get to hang out and have a beer with us, so that's a little better. Sure <laughs> Send us your questions to the chat room. You can join Daniela in there. Just hit the chat now button right on the home page, or call us up at triple eight four zero one beer. You're not going to be able to Skype us for this segment because I got John on the Skype as long as that's working. Uh, so we'll just keep it at that. Now. Uh, I was hoping uh, that Doc was going to come in all fully outlined and, and ready to go, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and I think kick things off using uh, our brew as an example for yesterday, and I'm sure that 
uh, you're ready to chime right in oh, yeah. uh, as we go. Yeah, we can do that. I think that there's a few misconceptions about decoction mashing and, and what the purpose is and, and uh, you know, whether or not it's too difficult to do and all of that. And I'm hoping that we can kind of clear some of those up because as we went through the process yesterday, I realized uh, that it is more work as far as physical work goes and, and time spent. But it's not more difficult uh, in terms of, uh, you know, being sort of an intermediate brewer that you couldn't do it yourself. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is it more difficult? It uh, To comprehend and to understand, well, no. From my point of view, no. Yeah. Your point of view, I brought you into my brew session and said, I made you do most of the work. I uh, sure I did the uh, you know the the you did the, the lion's share. I got blisters. Uh, yes, let's and, just he, and he did get burned. He got, yeah, 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 the whole thing. The whole thing. But was it? Uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it 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 took me two sentences to comprehend what was happening. Right. You know, I asked a, a few questions: Why are we doing this? And why are we doing that? And a simple answer uh, explains it all. And, and that's what I'm hoping to clear up here. And I think when we pitched the the first decoction back into the main mash, yeah, you went oh. Yeah. That's why. That, and then you can understand why. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll talk about that. Uh, John Palmer, since you wrote, uh, you know, sort of this uh, segment on, on decoction, you had to go through each mash technique. Uh, would you be able to give us a, a definition, a brief definition of, of what decoction mashing, mashing is? And even if you want to read it from the book, uh, that's fine by me. <laughs> well, uh, decoction mashing is, of course, um, an old technique. It's from, you know, 200, 300 years ago when malts weren't as well modified as they are today. So uh, you take a, you know, a heavy portion of the grain, uh, you know, very little uh, liquid in it, out of the mash, you put it in a separate vessel, you heat it up, and you let it rest for a little bit at conversion temperature. But then you to bring it up to a boil, and you boil it for 10 or 15 minutes. And by boiling it, you're helping to, you know, really cook those starches, make them gelatinized, make them accessible to enzymes, and then you put it back in the main mash world where, you know, most of your enzymes are. Uh, you, and that that addition of heat helps, you know, bring it up to the next rest level or close to it. You can calculate that out, uh, and you do that two or three times. Now, your final decoction, you know, depending if you're doing a one, two, or three. Uh, three decoction mash uh, is the one that you actually boil for a good you know 20 to 30 minutes uh, sources say mm-hmm. um, if you're going if you're looking for these really multi malleard reactions um, to take place and that you know you're you're you've already broken down the starches you've converted most of your starches you're getting better conversion okay. um, out of your mash because you're really cooking them um, and you're also lowering your mash pH a little bit by a tenth uh, by in doing this boiling. Okay. But you're also uh, forming malleard reactions, which are giving some of the very intense malty flavors to the beer. Okay. Uh, and so, now, is that similar to sort of a, a more of a caramelization of the flavor? Yeah. What what everybody commonly thinks of as caramelization okay. uh, is really mal- uh, malleard reactions. Okay. Never, never try to pronounce that, but... Uh, Me those, neither. Those, yeah, those browning <laughs> just, just not good. Well, because it said it, you could say Maillard or Malliard or right. It's the way it's spelled. Uh, I, always, I say Maillard. You say Maillard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Mallard. Whatever. He's the doctor, right? 
That's right. You know, and I'm right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, but that, you know, that fancy word is essentially a, a caramelization of of the word. It's, or, the, it's the browning of sugars uh, when you like cook mm. toast. Yes. Um, when you cook, cook bread, it gets that crusty flavor. It, it, it changes that sugar flavor to a more toasty brown. Okay. Different kind of thing. You're not going to get in a different kind of reaction. Okay. Right. A Melliard reaction is the combination or the chemical combination of a sugar and a protein or an amino uh, acid. So um, it's a different reaction than a caramelization reaction. Caramelization doesn't happen until you get up to temperatures like 230F, uh, 350F. For oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's so, big. Yeah, so you're really not seeing that. Okay. And even your extended work boils, you know, uh, a high-gravity boil that they're doing for 90 minutes. Yeah. No caramelization. Okay. Malliards. All malliards. So we then, it's, it's a misconception. It sounds like we call it caramelization uh, for ease of use because it's a term that we understand, but it's not actually right. what's happening. Right. It's okay. a browning reaction. These, these browning reactions are forming the toasty flavors they're forming some of the uh, the treacle flavors they're forming some molasses flavors they're okay. forming all kinds of different flavors can be formed by malleable reactions and uh, what we're looking for in a decoction mash are the toasty bready really malty flavors to come out okay okay so before we go on and doc uh, i'm going to i'm going to ask you yeah. and, and both of you what kind of beers then are we looking for these flavors so that we would want to be doing a decoction mash there's a few different kinds of beers that you want to do a decoction mash. Um, one, you want to break up a lot of proteins, like, okay. a, like a hef. Or you want to, like, brown the beers, uh, a dunkel, um, a doppelbock like we did yesterday. Yeah. But you don't want to have put so much uh, dark roasted grains in that you get a lot of roasty flavors. Okay, so color but without the flavor exactly. that normally comes with that color. Exactly. Okay. So, so that's that's another way of getting the dark beer without doing that. Okay. Oh, now that makes sense. And I'm gonna as we go, I'm gonna talk about how I saw that happening um, yesterday as we were doing right, ours. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Now you've already answered one question that I had uh, come through about what are our malleared reactions. So um, I'm glad that you did that for us. Now. I'm psychic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so cool. There are beers that you do decoction mashes, though, where you're not looking for those colors. Like, Gord, let's say Gordon Biersch, for example, he likes to decoction mash for some of his lighter beers, right? Well, it, and that's the protein part you're talking well, about? Well, there's a lot of different uh, malts out there. Okay. And uh, most of the American malts, Canadian malts, are very well modified, so you're not going to need to do the decoction mash. Okay. There's some European, what they call continental malts, that aren't so well modified. And the decoction is just one more extension of the malting process. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's break that down into... Uh, Malts that you need to decoct and beers that you want to decoct for. Okay. Yeah, so it's two different things. One's a need and yep. one you want to brew for style. Okay. Right. So, all right. So what it's, a, break it's them your down. Lower, your lower modified malts, um, if you're familiar with the Kohlbach index or your soluble to total nitrogen ratio in a malt analysis sheet, um, you're... Your, what you hear about is your traditional continental pilsner malts or your 
your Czech malts. Um, Morovian? Yeah, Morovian yeah. Pilsner malts. These are malts that are what we'd say are less modified. They're 36% uh, soluble to total protein ratio. And whereas, say, a, a modern, modern pale ale malt or a, a modern, you know, a base malt from, say, oh, Cargill or anyone, uh, you know, you're talking 42%, 45% modification. John, okay. let's, let's talk about that. That's not necessarily bad. Right. A lot of people think that, like, less modified malts are bad. Um, if, depending on what you're going to do with them in the final process, uh, you overcome what they are. Yeah, it's it's simply it, it it comes down to the way that you prepare that malt for for mashing mm, and exactly. brewing. It's uh it, it's just like cooking when you know if you've got stone ground wheat versus you know uh, bag of flour. Yeah. Um, you know it's 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 the way it's prepared. You know the, the way it comes to you, the form it comes to you in, and what you do with it, and when you're cooking with it. So decoction is the same way. Decoction is a method for utilizing less modified malts. Okay. And in doing so, uh, you tend to, you, well, you do, you generate a lot of these Maillard reactions that give you these very intense malty flavors that we've come to expect in some of these, you know, in these old world beer styles. Okay. Um, that you can, ki- you can kind of get from other ways. Yeah. If you do but a, not exactly the same. Not quite the same, but if you you can you can brew a double bock with um, you know modern highly modified malts using you know um, uh, aromatic malt using melanoid malt. So there's a lot of malts that have been specifically processed to generate some of these same kinds of flavors. You won't get the exact same thing, but it's close. Okay, all right, that makes sense to me. Now let's I'm start talking. The question was, but <laughs> that's all right. Uh, well, I, I want to just I want to back up now because now that we know you know why we're going to do some of this decoction mashing, uh, I want to start into the what. And uh, one of the things I I want to say kind of clearly that uh, um, you know that I hadn't really taken the time to realize in the beginning was decoction mashing is you need to know first and foremost it's a form of step mashing so it's not a single temperature type of mash what you're doing is actually uh, taking your mash to different temperatures in order to break down different enzymes so in that sense by nature it's a step mash you're going to need to bring your your mash to certain temperatures leave it there for a set amount of time bring it to another temperature and decoction is a form of doing that rather than just having your mash all in in the vessel and you just leave it right there in the vessel and bring it up to each step you're taking a portion of the mash out of that vessel i guess a third is about the general rule generally yes okay J- uh, john do you agree with that or is there a different uh, calculation for how much of the mash you take out when you do your decoction portion well g- generally 30% um, 30 okay that's that's traditional okay uh, it also, I mean, we have calculations now that where we approximate the amount of heat content in, you know, X amount, and it's so many, so much volume of mash, and when you boil it, you get so much heat content, you add it back. But yeah, um, traditionally that works out to about a third. Okay. 
So, so what you have here, and, and now I'll start using our brew yesterday because I think it's easier if we have a specific example. And, of course, it's adapted to, to what beer you're making. But uh, it's it's a generally the same procedure. So Dr. Scott and I started with, uh, for one, we brewed 20 gallons of beer yesterday. Of and, beer. and because it's a big Doppelbach, too, uh, we started with over 50 pounds of grain. I think we had 65 pounds of grain. <laughs> okay. Six, so, 65 pounds of grain. It was a lot of grain. And so here we are with our 65 pounds of grain, and that all goes into your mash tun. It goes into one vessel to begin with, and this is the beginning of our mash. So we're, we dough in, um, and, and what temperature did we dough in uh, to begin uh, we with? We dough in about, uh, so we could have about, a, uh, about 100, 105. Okay, so nice and low. Nice and low. Yeah. And we didn't want to overshoot at that point. Okay. Uh, generally, with, with a decoction mash, you want to have a very uh, liquidy mash. I didn't know how much uh, extra volume I'd have in our mash tun, uh, volume-wise, after 64 gr- pounds of grain. Because we had so much grain. We yeah. had so much grain. I've never put that much grain into the system, so I, I did not know. So what was our water-to-grain ratio? I bet it was about 1.6 okay. uh, quarts per pound. Okay. So uh, we were still up there. Yeah. More than more, more than I usually do, but with a decoction, they they want to have uh, some more liquid. Two to three quarts. Oh, okay. So, For international listeners, that listeners, that's about three point two to three and a half liters per kilogram. Thank yeah. you. And and do you agree with Doc there, John? That uh, in general, yeah. for a decoction mash, you would want it to be a higher water to grain ratio. Yeah, you do. I mean, you're gonna what you're doing when you do a higher liquid ratio is you're getting more of your enzymes out of the grain and into the liquid. Okay. So when you pull your decoction, you're leaving your enzymes behind. Right in the liquid. Yeah. So you don't denature your enzymes when you do the boil. Okay. Now that's a key part right there, folks. Uh, So when we start to talk about what you're taking from your mash tun in order to do your decoction in in a separate vessel, you're leaving as much of the liquid behind as you can. Because as John is saying, those are your enzymes that you want to keep in there. You want to pull out the thick portion, which actually Justin was very good about doing that. Essentially the grains. You don't want to be too thick, otherwise it'll it'll just burn there in the pot. Um, We we burn very little. (laughs) We did have a little burning on the bottom of our vessel, yeah. Very, very little, (laughs) and uh, we... We pulled thick, thick, thick off the whole thing. Well, and that's where the work comes in. I'll start talking about that here when we when we when we talk about that because it, it, burning is, is something that you need to be <laughs> concerned with when doing a decoction. I'll tell you, it's a big pain in the ass keeping well, it from burning. Justin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's what happened. So, like I said, we started with our 65 pounds of grain in one vessel, and we were at a nice low temperature, like Doc said. And uh, you you rest it at that temperature. How long were we resting? Uh, at, uh, probably about half an hour, and then we went up to. Easily 121. Is there a name for that rest that we did? Well, because I know there's a, there's a protein rest. Well, th- that a- would be the, the, the acid rest, the phytase rest. Okay. But there's really no phytase left at that point. I see. Because when they kiln it, they've killed all that off. Okay. So that's more a term that we use, but it doesn't. Um, it's just it's go low, go get- slow. Okay. Yeah. You, you get some amylase action at those temperatures, too. Okay. You, I, I was trying to teach Justin about that last night. Was, um, My eyes it's were a big, glazing a, over. It's a big range. It's not yeah. like, oh, at uh, 148, we're hitting the only amylase. It's a, it's a big range. They're, they're doing it from here to here yeah. and all the way up. And if we didn't hit our temperature, that's okay because 
it's still working. It's just not the the ultimate temperature for it. Yeah. Okay. What other malts did you have in there besides base malt? Uh, we had uh, 50 pounds of Pilsner. That's our base, yeah. Uh, mostly all, all Pilsner. Caramel uh, Munich. Um, we had Munich. Yeah. Uh, Carapils. And some uh, little a bit of uh, dark um, crystal. Oh, okay. What about our chocolate? Was that our dark crystal? Uh, and, and I put the chocolate at the end. We'll talk about that. We'll yeah, get to okay. that. But there was a tiny bit of chocolate malt that we added, which Doc had a great technique for this, and I want to make sure we get that in later. Okay. Um, so we'll throw it. That was just a, a very small portion of our grain bill that was used for color, but without getting too much of the flavor from a chocolate grain. Well, we should talk about the color with the, even the first decoction. Yeah, and we will definitely do that. So here we now we we so we had our first rest. Before we did our decoction, we brought it up to another rest. We brought it up to you said one twenty, right? We pulled the decoction, mm-hmm. and you know there's oh we did pull our decoction. Yeah, we pulled the, the decoction, okay. and and we don't want to bring it right up to boiling. Okay. Uh, I want to rest it at uh, an enzyme level where it's going to work. Yeah. And then when, once we boil it, we're going to kill all those enzymes off. Okay. So I want to work the enzymes, break down the starches, then boil it. Okay. So then, Exactly. And then pull it back into the main mash. Okay. So here now is what I want to uh, go back to the step mashing portion of it because this is part of the step mash. We went ahead and we pulled out, uh, like Dr. Scott said, the thick part of our of our mash and put it into a separate vessel. And this was our first decoction. And by the way, we did a double decoction. So, yeah. we, we, you know, you can do it. There, you can do a single. You can do a double. You could do a triple. Uh, you could, I guess you could do a quadruple if you, if you want. I, I don't, uh, but th- we decided to do a, a double decoction. So we took, uh, uh, the thick part of the mash, which was mostly grains and enough liquid to, uh, you know, the, I think there was just a little bit of liquid over the grains, um, so that we had enough and, and that we could bring it to a boil. We put it into a separate vessel. And we began to heat it up, and we were looking to heat it to 120 at that point, like Dr. Scott was saying, for uh, for another rest. Now, that was the protein. No, I wanted to bring it up to 140 at that point. Okay. Where was your 120 that you Oh, that was, that was the other the main mashes at 120. I got gotcha. you. We, start, we started at 120. John, am I drunk the, or is Doc drunk? I can't figure out we're what's We're at the happening. protein rest. I, 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 I started, I doed in at 100. Mm-hmm. I uh, brought everything back up to about 120 at a okay. protein rest. That's what I thought. That's yeah. when we started pulling the decoction off. Okay. Once we pulled the decoction off, yeah. then we had a third of it. Uh, we brought it up to amylase level. Which was? It was about eh, 145 okay. or so. Uh, we left it at that point mm-hmm. for a little while, then brought it all the way up to boiling. Right. Brought it back into the main mash. The main and what's the main mesh? How long did we, you boil it? Yeah, that's what I was going. How long about did we leave 15, it boiling? 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and why did we? Why are we leaving it boiling for 15 minutes? Uh, we want to break up uh, a lot of the, the the starch, basically, to make it more uh, available to. Uh, the amylase enzymes back in the main mash. John, do you want to tackle that too? Same thing. Why are we boiling it? Is it yeah? Uh, that's same exactly answer? what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. So we put it back in the main mash. Not only does it that boiling one third bring the main mash back up. Right. But it also gives it all these uh, available uh, starches that we've broken down. Yeah. For the amylase enzymes at that, and we brought it up to about a one forty five, a low. Amylase. Yeah. At that point, to break down more more sugar, more starches into sugars. Okay. Now I want to jump in here. Go ahead, John. Well, I was going to say, 
Yeah, at one forty-five, you're you're um, favoring your beta beta right. amylase, which is your maltose, your your most fermentable sugar rest. So then you know here's where you're driving your wort to be very fermentable. Okay, so it's a very important rest that we're doing right there at our at our one forty one forty-five. Yeah. Get fermentables. So here's where in, in the brew process I had to jump in and ask Doc some questions because I, uh, you know, I didn't ask questions beforehand. I just went in there and started brewing. And here's where I started to realize that we're, we're doing a step mash. We just happen to be adding a couple extra steps to doing a step mash. Um, and, and by the way, sometimes I ask Dr. Scott a question and I think I must be asking in a separate language because he'll tell me no. And then, but then answer exactly like what I had just said. <laughs> so I think uh, there's this weird communication thing. Uh, but uh, so <laughs> you use your decoction to bring your whole mash, your main mash, Back up. up to the next step. All right, and that's the part where I, I I thought that I had figured out what was happening. I said that to Doc. He told me no, and then told me that's exactly what was it, happening. It, it so. does two things. Okay, we're not only uh, bringing using the extra heat. To bring the the main mash back up as, yeah. we, as we added our decoction back into the main mash, we're also uh, giving them broken down starches that are broken down into smaller pieces. Yeah, to throw at our enzymes in the main mash so they can work at it. Okay, yeah. so here we are with our our, our boiling decoction, and we've uh, we now put it back into our main mash. Uh, partly in order to raise the main mash now up to our next step, which was yeah. the low one forties. Go ahead. Uh, let, me, let me just throw in one thing here. Um, to, to echo what Dr. Scott's saying, uh, when we're, you know, you're breaking up the starches in a more accessible form for the enzyme, that's what really that's what malt modification is all about. Malt modification is the enzymatic breakdown during the malting process of the starches. You got you have a tightly wound protein carbohydrate matrix where these things are like. Well, in the book, I liken them to a you know box, crates full of bags of jelly beans, but you know, so in by during during malting, these things are released; they're made accessible. When you boil them, it's like taking a sledgehammer to those boxes of jelly beans. I mean, you're just smashing the crap out of them. Okay. And you know, make it, put them in, breaking them into fine smaller pieces. They're really accessible for the enzymes now, and you know, so. Decoction mashing takes an it takes a less modified malt, one that's you know where the where the jelly beans or where the carbohydrates are really not very accessible to the enzymes, and really breaks them apart. So now they are accessible. You can and with today's you know highly modified malts and then you know in the the forty two to forty five percent ones, all that's been done during malting. So when you do a single you know single infusion mash, yeah, um, it's presenting the same kind of starch to the enzymes. So, uh, I don't know what you know. I don't know what your particular malt modification was that you were working with yesterday. Yeah. But traditionally, decoction mashing was, you know, designed to break down these starches to make them accessible to the enzymes. Okay. Because so. <laughs> at that point, malting in general was sort of deficient in making enzymes available. Yeah, I mean, they had, you know, they didn't have the uh, the labs, you know, yeah. basically. Uh, they didn't have the the consistency, um, you know, throughout the malting floor. So you would have within a particular batch of malt, you'd have some that was highly modified, some that was very unmodified, practically. Okay. You'd have a lot more variation. So 
in general, the average modification was much lower then. They didn't have, they, you know, they, A, they didn't have the laboratories to understand how, how much modification had taken place. Yeah. They were kind of eyeballing it. And uh, so, you know, they just learned through experience that, you know, the beer works better, the, you know, the brewing process works better if we decoct. Yeah, what, what yeah. John said in in his book, too, is uh, malting is and mashing are the same thing. And you're just taking, when you're mashing, you're just taking the malting process to the next level. And whatever they left off, you got to take up the slack. Okay, and, that's right. And uh, we used all, all European malts. We used Pilsner, uh, German Pilsner, German Munich, German everything and a lot of times they're less modified than these two rows american or canadian malls that, that you can get and more than that i just want to run justin through a decoction mash yeah and it's not so horrible is it no it was fine it was fine. um it was, it's a long process yeah but it's not that bad yeah no it was a piece of cake so at this, well, I'll go through the the work part of it, which wasn't the the piece of cake. I mean, it did take us thirteen hours. Uh, but uh, as far as understanding it and figuring out what we're doing, that was a piece of cake. So here we are now. We've we've uh, broken down the en- enzymes that uh, John's talking about, and we're putting our first decoction back into the main mash. And here is where I noticed for the first time the color extraction right. that we're getting. The part, uh, the one part about doing a decoction where you're where you're extracting more color, a deeper color for your beer. It was amazing the difference. When I was running through this uh, recipe through uh, ProMash, uh, the SRM was only about twelve. Okay, that's not a doppelbock. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, and so I was hoping we would get out of this double decoction that we were gonna get a lot of darker uh, color. Yeah, a lot of darker Maillard reactions. And we did. And oh my God, yeah. yes. So as we're pouring our first decoction. Back into the main mash, and by the way, they're the obvious. They're the exact same grains. You just pulled one off the other, and it was like ebony and ivory. Like you yeah. could really see. I mean, they weren't black, but it was uh, it was very different. That how much darker and uh, the grains were. We were that we had just boiled. How much darker they were from the main mash, and you could when you. I had to mix it in, and you. It almost looked like a swirly cone. When we when we put the. The decoction back into the main mash. The main mash looked like all Pilsner malt, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the decoction looked like all Munich malt. Yeah, and we had done nothing, nothing, anything resembling different, yeah. except for uh, running it through uh, the decoction. Right. Yeah. These are the, those are the Maillard reactions, the browning it's, reactions. Yeah. Okay. And it was it was just so stark. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was great, and it was really. And I'll tell you, um, for somebody like me who needs to really see it happening and have it in front of them in a very plain way, uh, you can see it. There is nothing theoretical about the Malliard reactions at that point. Right. It was it was very real, and you could tell the difference in the grains. And if for no other reason, I think you should do a, a decoction mash. It so wasn't to just, just see. Just, it wasn't just a little bit either. Yeah, no, it was. All, I, I can kind of see that. It was like, yeah. wow, look yeah. at that. Is that the same grain? And it was cool. It was really cool. And and knowing, I mean, I know what a doppelbox is supposed to look like. I, it's one of my favorite beers. So right. I, now here I got to see the process of it happening. So now we've dumped our decoction back into our main mash and hopefully got our our, our main mash up to the temperature that we wanted, which was in the low 140s. What did we hit exactly? Uh, I wanted to hit about 142 okay. at that point with the first. 
rest. Yeah. And we did. And we did. And, John, what are we looking for at 142? Why are we resting there? Well, that's that's the bottom end of your beta amylase activity range. Now, you've got, in a single, in single infusion temperature mash, um, you're waiting to you know, get your starches gelatinized because once they're gelatinized, they're soluble. And that generally doesn't happen until about 145 uh, C or F. Um, is it uh, 50? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 145 F yeah. or I'm trying to think of the C. Uh, oh, they can convert it. 55. Okay. Anyway. You're thinking to production here. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> So, um, but because you've done the decoctions, you've broken down a lot of those starches. You've made them soluble. You know, so when you're resting at the 140F, 145F range, you really, you know, you're getting um, full activity out of your beta amylase, making that wort. You know, you're getting um, all the maltose produced that can be produced at that point. Okay. We we basically boiled the first decoction. Yeah. We busted up. All the all the starch. We open it up and we we put it back into the main mash. Yeah. And we've given, like I said, the beta amylase everything to work with. Okay. When we do an infusion mash, uh, we have to wait till those things like slowly break up so the I beta see. amylase at one forty five can can work its job. We we've done that for it. Okay. And we we throw them food. Okay. At that point, and, and the amylase is beta amylase is going at it. Now, let me ask this. If we were doing a single decoction, after that first decoction and we brought it to a boil, would we put it into our main mash and bring that mash up to the temperature we want to do our normal mash at, say the low 150s, and that would have been that? We do our normal mash yes, from this do, point we, forward? We could do it that way. We could have done that. Right. So I just want you to know at home that you know when you decide on do, how many steps of mash you're doing um, – you know, you could have been done with with the first. You know, you got the Maillard reactions to happen the first time. Uh, now you get up to your normal mash temp, say 154, and you go on about your business as if you're doing just a regular mash. There's you could so have done that. There's a lot of things we're doing when we're doing a decoction more than just decocting. Yeah, uh, we're breaking up uh, big starches, big starch bundles, and making them available for the the lower enzymes. Right. It's so we could be done, though, at that point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, however, kept right on going. Uh, yeah. We only brought right. it. To, go ahead, John. Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say something. Was we, we just uh, broke it up into, like, two parts. Oh, yeah. you, can, you can do the decoction. You, if, you're doing, if you're going to do a single decoction, mm-hmm. you can do it anywhere in the process you like. I mean, we're homebrewers. But traditionally, you, you either do a three, a two, or a single. The three is called a, a dry mice for foreign. Uh, the, the Do you know how to say that, Daniela? He's it, it, it's a like a dry mice of foreign. It's like a it's it's is it in your book, John? Yeah, the words in the book. I just dry. So yeah, that's a number sure, three. Sure, because it's a three. double. Yeah, or three. Yes, yeah, because it's a triple. Dry Yeah, yeah. That's Meisfer. three times. And Ah, that's what Fahrer yeah. is, is times? That's t- times, Fahrer, drei Fahrer. Justin. The, the middle word is Maisch, which is M-A-I-S-C-H. Maisch, yeah. Drei Fahrer, drei Fahrer Maisch. Say it slower. Drei Fahrer Maisch. Can you get that? You want to try it, John? <laughs> you want to give it a go, John? I see a, sound, I see a sound bite going on here. 
Dreifachemeisch. There you go. Dreifachemeisch. All right, it's your turn, John. Oh. Uh, um, mein Sohn ist It's cutting out. <laughs> I think he just called me an asshole. That's all. <laughs> I think that's all I got. Sound French to me. <laughs> okay, go uh, on. So that's what it's called, though. Yeah, you have a you know, three-stage, a two-stage, and a single-stage. If you're going to do a single-stage, traditionally, I mean, and I'm talking, you know, um, Continental, I'm talking Randy Mosher's book, I'm talking, um, uh, you know, seven bar- you know, new brewing lager beer and so on, Greg Noonan. Yeah. Um, you're doing your single decoction as a mash-out step. You've already done your conversion, you had 150, 155F. Um, 65C. Now you're going to take that and heat it up to you know 70C or you know 100 and 160. Okay. Uh, F. You're and pulling your decoction then. You're at, putting, at the high end. Pulling your decoction after you've done your main conversion. Okay, good. That's a 40 percent, roughly 40 percent of your mash, uh, and a little more liquidy. Um, and you're going to boil that for a good, you know, 20, 30 minutes because this is where you're developing all your malleards. Um, that's for a single. If you're doing a double, then, you know, you, you don't have to get all your color and malleards out of that final step. You can get half of it in the, in the boost from protein rest to conversion rest and then do another, you know, bunch in the con- uh, conversion rest to mash out rest. Okay. Step. Okay. And traditionally, you're, you, you're doing to go from protein or from dough into protein to conversion to mash out. Double is from uh, protein to conversion and conversion to mash out. Single is from curtain conversion to mash out. You lost me. Right? Yeah. You lost me for two reasons. For one, you're cutting out. <laughs> and two, okay. you're doing it short and sweet and I'm never good with that. Um, so so try it once more and hopefully we can get a clear connection here. Uh, triple decoction. You're you're going from a dough in to a protein rest. One twenty. And that's their first one. Okay. From protein rest to conversion rest, that's your second. Low forties. Yep. Uh, and then from conversion to mash out is your third decoction. And that one you're you know, you're going up to 160, 170. Okay. Conversion to mash out was the last one it cut yeah. out. Was that, was that a triple? That's a triple. That's a triple. Okay. Now, go ahead. You know, go ahead. As far as conversion goes, uh, you know, you're, you had stopped at like 140. Uh, if I would, I could, I would say there's, there's room for interpretation there on exactly where you place that, that, um, conversion rest temperature. Okay. Um, whether it's 140, 150. But, you know, in terms of three steps, you're going from go in to protein. To conversion to mash out. For a double decoction, you're going from you're starting a protein, and you're going from from protein decoct to conversion decoct, mash out done. Okay, that's what we Sing- did. That's what we did yesterday. Okay. Yeah. And in a single in a single decoction, you're going from conversion at 150ish to mash out, okay. and you're boiling for a half hour there with that decoction. It's a forty percent of the mash. It's a more liquid right. uh, uh, show, uh, gooier, you know, soupier ratio, because uh, you want you don't you're not worried about the enzymes now. You want lots of browning, you know, malleard reactions. To so occur. basically, less less number of decoctions 
uh, the greater percentage. So uh, when we were doing like a, a three, deco- no, three, three decoction, it's like mm, 30%. 30, 30, and 40. Right, yeah. Okay. Right. So okay. Uh, you're, you're, you're pulling less with less decoctions. At 30, three decoctions, you're pulling 30%. Less de- less mash, you're right? Talking, yeah. Two two decoction, you're pulling forty percent. Yeah, the re- I think the reason for the ratios is because you're not. It's it's a it's a matter of being concerned about the enzymes and not being concerned about the enzymes. Right. Thirty percent, you're trying to conserve your enzymes in the mash. Okay. You're pulling a really thick decoction because you want to leave the enzymes behind. Okay. When you're going from conversion to mash out, you don't care. Right. So you you can pull you know forty percent and it can be soupy. Okay. And, yeah, because most of your enzymes are gone. By you've already done. It. You've converted. Yeah, I mean, you, you've converted. You're done. Okay. So you're just you right now. You know, the single decoction. You're going for malleate browning reactions. Okay. Now, I, I know that uh, there there are plenty of you out there that are following every word of this, and and I am too. I get what he's saying, but I do just want to uh, just say, you know, for a second, for those of you who are new brewers. Um, it's actually really simple. Uh, the, the difference between you, you know being concerned with enzymatic activity and with conversion, it's very simple. If you've done a single step mash, a single infusion, which means you you know you just mash at one temperature, all you're concerned about there is conversion. Now, lots of other stuff happens. I don't mean that enzymatic activity doesn't happen. I just mean that we don't talk about it. We don't care about it. It's happening. We know it's there, and it's fine. And we're also doing our conversion all at the same time. So. It's really not all we're saying here is is when you're doing different steps then you're you're talking about enzymatic activity. So it's it's really it's not a complicated thing uh for those of you who are like me and and listen to this and go what the hell? It's just that typically all you do is convert and convert obviously means you make your your fermentable sugars uh, in, in a nutshell. It means you make your fermentable sugars so that you can have beer and drink it. And usually th- that's all you're dealing with with your single step and you just go to town with it. And all we're talking about here with the other steps is enzymatic activity that y- you don't even need to know exactly what's happening. You just need to know that it's happening. And so just right. to, just to dumb it for a sec, I I, I felt the need to to do that because uh, I feel out of place if I don't make it dumb. Bit, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't have any uh, value. Well, if I don't act stupid. I I showed Justin is not as complicated as it needs to be. Yesterday, it's not. Uh, it was a twelve-hour brew. Yes, but all it's being aside, you know what? It's, it was not that complicated. Yeah. Yeah, Justin, that's your value to the show, is that you show everybody that if you can understand it, anybody can understand it. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? That's Yesterday true. he really did. He <laughs> understand it was scooping it out, and he, he really knew. I hate you, John. When it's going on. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> this is this is fantastic about John, because John's one of my favorite people to, to talk with and hang out with, too, uh, and mostly because he realizes that I'm an idiot and still like me, <laughs> and knows that my value in life is uh, to help idiots understand things. <laughs> and I like that about John. You know what? John likes all idiots, not just you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. I think it's because John was an idiot once himself. And oh, I'm, I'm told I'm an idiot every day. I mean, <laughs> but your wife doesn't <laughs> count, John. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to move forward from that. You know? <laughs> That's pretty much the preface. Okay, here's what I got to do. Um, I got to take a break. 
John, I have a lot of questions in front of me from our listeners yeah. that I that none of them fit exactly, and so I'm gonna uh, we'll just do them uh, sort of at random. Try to have some continuity when we come back. I'm just okay. gonna take a quick break. We're gonna answer some questions. Uh, basically, all you need to know about Dr. Scott and I's brew is that we went on to do a, a, another det- another decoction and then ended up with our final mash temperature, which was about 153. I think we got it to. Am I right about that? No, we we ended higher? up the last decoction when we put it, it was higher than it. I wanted about a 156. We had about a 160. Oh, that's right. We were way yeah. up there. Um, that was because we were drunk and uh, like wandering around the, yeah. the ranch at that time. <laughs> we, we wanted to be done. Yeah, and but Scott's the same principle happened out here. What's that, John? Mrs. Scott's out. You know, saying, "Hey, you're brewing out there, guys. Come well, on." She, she's out of town. She was uh, out of town. Hence the uh, you know 13 hour drunken brew session with, with like 12 people there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, planning. Good planning. But that's all you need to know. So what we're going to do? about the planning. What I want to do because people had asked about it, especially because uh, we're kind of all over the place. We're going to recap the step temperatures when we come back, and we're also going to go through all these questions that people have uh, about decoction, uh, decoction mashing in general so that John can uh, really give some insight into that. So hang in there with us, John, and uh, we'll, we're going to just take a quick break. Right. Okay. I, I think we really need to demystify this whole thing. Yeah, which uh, we, we haven't done a good job of so far. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I just asked a question, actually, who of our listeners has done a decoction before uh-huh. in a chat room, and the answers I get are like 50-50. Right. Half people have, half people exactly. How many, how many so did it and how many liked so it? So for the ones who have done it, uh, for, who haven't done it, it's really important to recap sure. and explain. I'm going to ask John when we come back to give us a simplified version and just let him run it. Give us Because, you know, we used ours as an example, but uh, not everybody's is like ours. So I think a good uh, general discussion from John will help us do that. When we I, come back, we'll do that. We'll I answer really all your questions. W- ours went smoothly, though. Our brew went very smoothly, yes, it and did. I think it's going to be fantastic beer. Oh yeah, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, and certainly, the color that we got out of it is is uh, just oh, a great example of, of why you should do a decoction. So it's going to we'll be good Christmas that. for us with the double buck. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a nice beer. So, just a real quick break. When we come back, I still got John Palmer on the line with us, author of How to Brew. Go to howtobrew.com to check out his book, and uh, we'll be right back here on the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Johnny, yeah. When was the first time you heard a naughty word? First time I heard a naughty word was when I was a child. I heard it from the chickens. Me granny, she went wild. Me granny says, no, Johnny, the chicken said, on course. Bigar says, I to granny, was the chicken said at first. Now this is chicken talk. And this is what they say when the chickens they do Then up the yard, me granny came and left an awful shout. She says to me, now Johnny, shut that effin' chicken's mouth. I ran the chicken up the yard, across and all around. And yet the bloody chicken wouldn't stop the effin' sound. Now this is chicken talk. 
but this is what they say when the chickens they don't lay. Fuck, 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 Then Granny started cursing, but the chicken said it first. The more the Granny shouted, the more the chicken cursed. A Granny said, I never seen the like in all me life. I never had the chicken that caused so much strife. Fuck, 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 Now this is chicken talk. Fuck, 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 And this is what they say when the chickens they do lay. Fuck, 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 So let's all sing along and let's sing the chicken song. Fuck, 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 Show you my dip too. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you? The Brewing Network, saving your life, one beer at a time. Yeah, all right, you're back with the Brewcasters right here on the Brewing Network. We've got John Palmer on the line with us helping us uh, discuss decoction mashing. John, how are you doing there? Are you hanging in there, brother? I'm hanging. Okay, that's good. Poor guy keeping it from his family. A Deschutes, huh? Yeah. Is that the Mirror Pond Pale? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good beer. I had the the porter earlier, but... uh... Ran out of porters, so I know I'm drinking the pails. Now the pail. That's uh, actually I like that. It's a real mild, uh, in kind of an English style pail, but I like it. That's a nice one. Yeah, it's got some hop character to it. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave it up to you, John, because I want you to give us that summary of decoction mashing. And I'd rather you take it, you know, uh, the reason I want you to do it, and, and however you want to do it, I know that the the way you do it in the book is very concise, and it kind of really hammers it down, and it's a nice general discussion of, of however you're going to do it. So I, I'd like you to give that rundown, but I also have these questions in front of me. So which do you want to do first? Um, well... Uh, let me let me just throw out a couple of basic thoughts okay. on decoction and using decoction. Let's do it. And then let's go to the questions. Um, I mean, I I do the questions first, but then I may get so off on tangents I forget, I forget the basics. So no worries. Let's cover let's cover the basics first. Um, decoction is most suited to less modified malts, malts that are you know German. Or Czech Pils malts, you know, or Brees Pilsen malt, um, you know, malts that are only about 36% modified. Okay. Um, these malts benefit from decoction mashing. They need decoction mashing to um, get the full extraction, the full efficiency out of the you know the brewing session. Um, modern highly modified malts don't need decoction. You can get all of your extract out of a single single infusion temperature mash. Um, in between, of course, you've got you know, say if you're at forty percent, a multiple step infusion you know will uh, help you. And at any point, multiple temperature you know multiple step infusions or multiple temperature rests. That's what I want to say. Multiple temperature rests can be used to uh, drive your fermentability. You know. So you can rest at 145 degrees, um, 60 degrees C, and you know to, to favor your beta amylase, and then move up to 155, 158 degrees F, 65 C, to favor your alpha amylase. Um, by you know varying the times at those two temperatures, you can you, you can drive the fermentability of the wort. So. Uh, decoction mash is most suited to undermodified malts. Okay. You can use decoction to fix infusions. Let's say you're doing a single temperature infusion or, or a, a, a multi infusion and you've added your strike water and you're low. You're thinking, oh crap, you know, I missed my temperature press, I'm low. Well, you can take a decoction, put it in a saucepan on the stove, boil it, add it back. You've ah. added you've added some heat to your mash. You know, if you're mashing in a cooler, let's say, um, without you know further diluting. I mean, you, you know, depending on what your your um, your grain to water ratio is at the time, you know, you don't want to alter that perhaps. But um, so you can do a decoction and add some heat to that mash ton to to help you get to your temperature rest. Now that's a great bit of advice there because I think uh, it's. It's a common thing to miss miss your mash. Well, at least at my brew house, it's a common yeah. thing to oh, miss too. your I mash mean, temperature. Yeah, so a good that's a good correction then. Yeah, it's and it's something you can do quickly. I mean, you just you know run in the house, grab a saucepan, come out, scoop out some. Yeah, throw it on the stove for a minute, dump boil it, back. it. Yeah, and then dump it back in. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then uh, and also you use decoction mashing when you're doing a classic American pilsner. Or a wit, where you're you're doing a cereal mash. You're using unmalted wheat, or you know corn grits or rice, 
Yeah. Uh, you're essentially doing decoction there. And uh, in the book, I, you know, start the that section of the the chapter by saying, and now for something completely different that's actually completely the same. You're you're you've taken a cereal grain that's been that's unmalted. The starches are locked up in these, um, you know, protein carbohydrate matrices, and you're going to boil them to make sure that those carbohydrates are fully accessible to the enzymes. And uh, so I, I run through the cereal mash procedure in there, and Randy Mosher runs through it really well in his Radical Brewing book. Okay. Um, and uh, so that's the cereal mashing, or, you know, that the, the big three uh, breweries practice, Bud Miller Coors, you know, with the rice and corn, they're doing a decoction step, really. Because okay. Because they're, they're boiling this cereal with um, a portion of barley to get good breakdown of those starches in the in the adjunct grain to add back to their main mash. Because if they just did a regular mash, they wouldn't get uh, enough of, of, of the starches and enzymes that they need. Right, because yeah. these unmalted grains, you know, they're all locked up. Um, especially in the case of corn and rice, their gelatinization temperature or their solubilization temperature are higher than that of barley. Okay. So, you know, if you did a single temperature infusion at 155, Hey, the the corn and rice isn't accessible yet. It's not soluble. Okay, now that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. While you're on that, I did have a. Uh, I'm not going to get to all the questions, but one that came through because uh, you're talking about these uh, under modified malts. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so somebody wants to know if, if will decocting a highly modified malt, such as say an English malt, will it hurt the finished beer? No, it's really more of a spinning your wheels thing. Okay, it's kind of unnecessary. It, that was put so well. Spinning your wheels. <laughs> it's on, and now, what about off? They, I think they're, they're sort of concerned about off flavors. Would you get off flavors from doing that to a highly modified malt? No, not no. At the, not at that point. You're only mashing, and you're not going to get off flavors. Okay. Uh, no, it, spinning your wheels is such a good way to put it. Okay, so it's unnecessary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with today's highly modified malts, if you want to do a decoction, you want it. You know, you're trying to brew. A, a Bach or um, a, a, Munich, a Munich Donkel with a honey modified malt. Uh, do your single decoction. Use it for the uh, the conversion to mash out step. Boil it for 20, 30 minutes. You'll get those malleate reactions occurring. Um, but because it's highly modified, you don't need to do... Oops, almost spilled my beer. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, Almost you know, is the key here. Yeah. I didn't spell. Um, but because you know it's highly modified, you don't need to do the the the, the uh, earlier decoction steps like you all did yesterday. Okay. The first step from um, dough into protein and protein to conversion, those aren't necessary. And if you do those with a highly modified malt, you're not going to hurt anything, like Doctor said. But you are just spinning your wheels because okay. you really don't to do them. That's pretty much why we did just a, a double decoction, not a triple. Okay. Yep. On the yep. whole thing. Because we would have been spinning our wheels. We would have been spinning our wheels with a triple decoction okay. on that. Yeah, now I, understand, I remember hearing Chris Graham saying he does the triple decoction in Pilsner on Thanksgiving. Yes, he does. And, I mean, I don't know what malts he's using, but maybe if he's using like Brees Pilsen malt, which is you know a less modified malt, then that's a a perfectly good malt and a perfectly good mash schedule to do in that case. Okay. But it makes the smoke in beer. 
It's, it's fun yeah. to visit him like halfway through uh, Thanksgiving when he's doing it. Yes. I bet. Okay. I bet. Uh, okay. Want to get to some questions, John? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, first question, uh, you know, people want to know how to get around decoction mashing too, because of the extra steps. Which, by the way, let me just say real quick. So the the part that was difficult was not understanding all this. It was having to stir your decoction the entire time. For you yep. extract brewers, it's the, you know this. It's the it's the same principle uh, of where you turn the flame off on your stove when you add your extract and you stir it in. Because if you leave it on, you're going to burn the extract at the bottom of the pot. Same thing with the decoction mash. Because you're actually uh, adding heat to your grains, you got the flame on the bottom, particularly when you have a stainless steel pot, um, you uh, run the risk of charring the bottom. And so you're constantly stirring this thing. Big pain in the ass. But, uh, but he, although by the look he of did the it with it a smile. It. Oh, I was happy. Yeah. I was well, that, that's why you always bring someone, you know, newbie over to do it for you. Yes, you right? invite AKA your friend. Justin. Yeah, you go, hey. Yeah. Do you want to learn how to do a decoction mash? <laughs> We're doing a decoction, baby. Come on. And you got to sound like real excited about it like that. For how long did you steer? I saw your hands. They have blisters. Uh, and I, bet it, I, bet it, I bet it. I bet it. Skin hanging off. Damn. <laughs> for, so, for how long I bet did, did you steer? No more than 15 minutes at a time. Oh, but that's long. <laughs> it was longer than but that. But he did it. He for did such it. a skinny, tall, weak dude, that's Just, a long time. Justin did it <laughs> vigorously. You didn't have to go that far. He did it vigorously. I did. No, it was cool. I had a shit. I had a beer in one hand and a paddle in the other. <laughs> and and he could have called, you know, tagged out. Yeah. Not yeah. a problem. Keep, yeah. keep the spoon in this pot, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, so uh, anyway, uh, so that is the only hard part about the decoction, by the way. Uh, so now, so people want to know, uh, first question is, uh, can you get the same sorts of flavors by boiling your first runnings? So I guess instead of the whole grain, you know, just taking your first runnings. What do you think about that? Uh, in print, I will say, in principle, no. Okay. Um, I haven't done side-by-side to try. I mean, I haven't specifically tried to do that. Um, the, I think by boiling your first runnings or boiling them at a high concentration or boiling them for, you know, two, three hours to get malleable reactions to occur, uh, I think you would end up, um, with different flavors and I will draw your attention to, um, concentrated multi-extract boils mm-hmm. where the whole problem with extract brewing for many people is extract twang. Yeah. Yeah. Where exactly. you're doing Yeah. Where you're 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 taking, you know, six pounds of malt extract in a three gallon pot and boiling it on the stove for an hour and uh you know then you're diluting the fermenter, you know, from you know doing a ten eighty boil or ten you know, ten one hundred boil down to diluting down to ten forty, ten fifty. And you say I've got this odd flavor. It's like a sweet, odd flavor. Molasses, treacle. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a brown sugary kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's in there. Yeah. So I think if you boil your first runnings, that's probably the kind of Malleard reaction flavors you're going to end up with. Okay. Yeah, almost, Rather than almost an do- extract flavor. Yeah. So I think, the, you know, the, 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 the Malleard reactions that you get from decoction using the grain are different from what you get with boiling, you know, uh, uh, the wort. Especially even like a little at a time, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. we're doing and then adding back even more 
uh, soluble uh, uh, starches that the enzymes can get to. So we're throwing that back in. So you're getting a lot. You're doing a lot of more complex things when you're doing a decoction mash. Okay. Uh, if you want to, if you want to do, if you want to get decoction mash type flavors yeah. in a extract or in a single temperature infusion mash, mm-hmm. then I suggest you look to your um, your aromatic malt, your melanoidin malts. Okay. And you really can't steep these grains as well. Um, I don't think, I think, I believe those two, aromatic and melanoidin, are not fully converted. Uh, I think they need to be mashed with base malt. So you'd have to do a mini mash at, the, at a minimum. Well, that, that's what uh, just uh, Jamil always says. Is, uh, what are the flavor differentials between uh, kettle caramelization and adding uh, adjunct malts? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, a, there's a flavor trade-off. With yeah. each one, and and you can get close with either one. Yeah, and it all it all depends on uh, how much effort you want to put into either one. Yeah, I you know it's it, it brewing is so much like good cooking. I mean, you can go to the finest restaurant and have a dish and say this tastes wonderful, and you go try go home and try to make that. You're not going to do it exactly the same way. Right. And it's not going to taste exactly the same. Yeah. It's going to be close. Yeah. It's going to be good, but it's not going to be exactly the same. Great point. Okay, I'm glad that you brought up the using aromatic or melanoidin malt to sort of substitute the decoction because I did have a question come through. Specifically, can you use that, you know, to uh, 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 sort mm-hmm. of substitute the decoction? So since you said yes, you can. Um, I don't, I don't know if you can answer this on the fly. This, the follow-up to that question from the person in our chat room was, if you do that, um, what percentage of your grist, then, <laughs> is your aromatic or melanoidin? Do you, what do you think about that? Oh, well, it's you tough, know, huh? um, Family Feud survey says. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, um, typically I would say 5 to 10%, but, you know, I'm, I'm winging it there. Uh, okay. Uh, my, That's fair. My personal thing is I never want to go over fifteen percent adjunct uh, grains. Okay. Uh, it just gets cloying after that. And let me let me ask a dumb question. How dumb is it? Pretty dumb. Okay. But I think there's other people with the same dumb question. Like me. I know what aromatic malt is. Because okay. it's called aromatic malt. <laughs> if you go to your store, it says aromatic. Right. What's melanoidin malt? And does it is it called when you go to the store? Is it called melanoid? Right, you can't get it everywhere. Is that what it's called though, or, or that's just malt. what it is? Yeah. It is yeah. called that. Okay. So why is it Weirman's malt? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, different uh, maltsters have different things they call it. They they basically they uh, malt it at a different kiln temperature. Okay. Uh, for one flavor or another. Okay, yeah, it's a special rest, mal, special malting recipe, kilning and and you know moisture content, where they accomplish these these malleable reactions in the malt. Oh, I see. Okay, and, and one of the things that uh, um, uh, Dan Gordon was talking about is uh, the difference between uh, uh, caramel malts. German caramel malts are not the same as uh, British caramel malts or American caramel malts. They just do it in a different way. They kiln it differently. Right, what John said is it's a different recipe. Okay. The different uh, they kiln it at one certain temperature, but 
with a different moisture content. Okay. And it's a different recipe to get the same thing. So one carapils is not the same as another carapils or another caraminic is not the same as another caraminic. Okay. And it really depends on uh, German or yeah. Belgian, that kind of thing. I, I'm, I like, I'm glad about that, actually. I like that. Cause right. then you can try different ones and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know. So, if you do find melanoidin malt, is there just one? Or there, you know, this is a melanoidin, that's a melanoidin. I mean, you see what I mean here? I, I think probably, um, like you said, Wireman's is probably the one that makes the melanoidin malt. And, and it's just one malt. You right. go get it. And if you tasted okay. something that was similar to it from Durst. Yeah. Uh, it would, aromatic, probably, yeah. it would probably be really close, like okay. aromatic and melanoid are probably pretty close. Okay. Now, uh, aside from the science part of it, because I'm sure you can answer that, for aroma- a- aromatic malt then, is it called aromatic malt because it's very aromatic? Because you get a lot of aroma out of it? No. Yeah. It's not? Oh, John well, says yes, Doc yeah. says no. I love that. John, <laughs> go ahead. We'll let John go first, and then we'll go to Doc. Well, uh, aromatic I, is the trade name. Oh, it's just a trade see, name. That's I what see. I was going for. Okay, it's a trade name. It's whatever they call their product. I see. And that's why I said no. Okay, and why, probably why he said yes. Uh, okay, it's it's a trade name. Whatever this is, what I'm product my product is, and this is what it is. I'm calling it aromatic malt. So if I want more malty aroma out of my beer, I don't add aromatic. You see what I'm saying? Is that? Yeah, you you can. Okay. Any, I mean, if you're looking, um, if you're looking for Multi notes in the beer, aromas, uh, a little bit of multi character, Munich malt, Munich malt, biscuit. Uh, you know these are special B. Yeah, especially these are all malts made by different maltsters to accomplish kind of the same thing. You know, um, Brees Victory malt. Okay. Uh, uh, they're all uh, these are the bit and and. Um, the Wolf Coyson's, uh biscuit malt. Right. These are, you know, those, you, you get the biscuity, toasty flavors out of those. Okay. When you're looking for a decoction character, yeah, that's when you go to, you know, you step up from the Munich malt to the aromatic to the melanoidin malts, and you know, forgive me, maltsters, for not remembering whose product is whose, <laughs> but um, you know, that's those are like um, Durst and and Dingmans and and Weirman. Uh, malts they talk about a melanoidin malt one that's mimics the decoction malleard reaction kind of flavors and they all get a little different so and when you're the maltster and you come up with something that's really cool and they call it melanoidin malt that's what i'm calling it okay that's right and and the and those malts too you really you don't want to go overboard like like doc said you know 15 percent for any adjunct well all i would that. say yeah i would say Five percent max for some of these because they are very intensely flavored. Well, some of you got to okay. you got to really kind of know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Max, my max on anything is uh, base grain to uh, any adjunct is fifteen percent. Yeah. But as he said, some of these are pretty intense. You don't want to go fifteen percent chocolate malts. You don't want to go fifteen right. percent special B. Yeah. Uh, 15% aromatic malts pushing it too. Okay. Uh, you don't want to do that. So you got to know, kind of experiment with some of these things. Okay. And I'm telling you, that's what I like. I like that there's all these different things there's, so that you can. Uh, and each monster has their own, you know, little characters with these things. So, uh, okay. They're all good. 
Okay, let's go on to some other questions, John, because I know yeah. I, I told poor John an hour, and as uh, usual. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> John, we, we need to get you in the studio, man. Oh, I, w- I know it. I wonder if guests know that I'm such a friggin' liar. I wonder if they know when I call them and I say, oh, an hour, that they've already caught wind from other guests that I'm being completely optimistic and ridiculous. Well, I promised my wife it would only be an hour. But I agree with you. <laughs> John, we promise okay. people that when they come in the studio, it will be an hour and three hours goes boom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember the one hour of Boyle show. I mean, you know. I was I was ready to keep going. Yeah, I would I, would, I could have done another hour easily. And that's the thing, people go, "How do you?" Even other people who do what we do, they do other shows. They go, "How can you go on for three hours?" And I'm thinking, "How do you not? Like, how yeah. do you stop?" There are so many questions. There are so many. Every new topic branches off into another topic. That I'm going, yeah. like, how do you? I always have to choose a finite point, and I hate doing it. But I always right. have to choose a point where I go. Okay, we're going to have this guest back, and we have to stop. John, it just makes you more the star that you are. That's right. (laughs) All right, let me get these questions out so that we can let you go eventually. Uh, How come Um, tannins aren't extracted during during decoction? pH. Um, The pH of a decoction, especially a thick decoction, is uh, very buffered. Um, And the boiling action actually lowers the pH by a tenth. so, you know, you're in your main mash, and assuming your, your mash chemistry, that is your water chemistry and your uh, grain bill are such that you're, let's say you're at right at 5.2 to 5.6, you know, call it 5.4. Um, that's not going to change during the boil. You're below that magical 6 pH where tannin extraction becomes a problem. That was always my question. So early on, was like, I'm going to boil this stuff up above, you know, 160, 170, 180, and yeah. why am I not extracting tannins? And it's concentration, pH, everything's more concentrated. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And I think you're getting polymerization of tannins too, which helps them fall out of solution. Yeah. They bind up. So. Oh. Yeah. So when you'd go to your boil and you go through your hot break have some of those tans there, but they're falling right out. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're getting beyond my level of chemistry here. Okay. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> you know what happens, and that's enough. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's worked for 300 years. It worked. Well, then that's another right. question that came through since we're talking about pH. Uh, since a decoction lowers the pH, uh, this person wants to know if you recommend using uh, that uh, five star five two stabilizer. The question actually was, do you ever recommend using the five two stabilizer? But let's narrow it down to the decoction part. Do you need to stabilize your pH like that in a mash that is going to naturally reduce it? Um. Okay. Now here we're dealing with my personal bias on mash pH. Fair enough. And when. Uh, I consider 5.2 to be a brilliant product, but it's a Band-Aid. Okay. If you understand your water chemistry and read Chapter 15 of my book. <laughs> it's all right, man. You can <laughs> and say understand that. Chapter you 15. know what? If a lot of people were to come on the show and do that, I'd think they're a douchebag. But, John, your book's so good, man. You, you do that. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, the whole – see – Chapter 15 is all about residual alkalinity. Okay. And Lord knows I didn't invent this. It was invented by uh, Paulus Kolbach you know, in 1946 or 
43 or something around then. And where he realized, you know, he did the work to discover how your malt bill and your the calcium and magnesium and alkalinity of your brewing water interplay with the malt phyton to determine your mash pH. Okay. And so you, you calculate your residual alkalinity for your brewing water, and then you brew based on that water. And if you... Let, and uh, let's say you have really soft water like Portland. All right. Or Pearson, you know, no minerals in it. I'm, that's what I mean by saying soft. There's no minerals in it whatsoever. Practically distilled. Okay. Surface runoff. Yeah. You can't brew a dark beer with water like that. No. Okay. It becomes out really acrid. And why? Because dark malts have natural acidity, organic acidity to them. And they will... You put... You know, basically distilled water with a the grain bill for a stout or a porter, it's going to drive your mash pH down below 5.2, down into, you know, 4. 4.8, 4. 4. 4.6. I've, yeah. I've been down there. Yeah, down there. And you come out with a really acrid-tasting porter or stout. I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, what's wrong with this it's, beer? It's like yeah. sharp and acidy. It's, no. Yeah. Okay. Likewise, if you have... Um, alkaline water like Houston and I Phoenix, just, Phoenix is like that too and I was just working with a guy last this past week from uh, Minnesota where he had you know a residual alkalinity of up close to well it was like 250 or something oh. um, where you know perfect for brewing a dark imperial stout hmm. but he was trying to brew pale ales and he said all of my beers are kind of a house flavor they're dull tasting they're you know, they're kind of astringent, bitter. It's because his mash pH um, with pale malts and a highly alkaline water was was coming out uh, at the high end of the you know five point eight to six mash pH, getting tannin extraction, and his beers weren't coming out well. We drove his mash pH down. He said, "Wow, you know my my efficiency just went up twenty points." Okay. Um, there. So. Let me get back onto the main question. Sure. <laughs> um, no worries. So yeah. I got sucked into that. <laughs> the five point two is is good, but it's a band aid. If you understand, you know, the interplay of ma- of your of the style of beer you're trying to brew, the the big grain bill and your residual alkalinity, um, then you're not going to have a problem. Okay, so, so let know, me it, let me goat you on here just for, at the at the risk of you know you going on for another ten minutes uh, <laughs> in a nice way. I'm with uh, him. I know, I, and I get that. I, I really that's why I'm asking the question. I'm, I'm hanging on every word. I'm curious then if what you're saying is you will fix your pH problem with something like five point two, but not all of the things that come along with your pH being wrong. So you're you're only adding one, you know. Right. It's not well rounded. It's only one little portion of it. Are you saying yeah. that? Yeah, it, you're throwing a bandaid on the problem. You're, you're whitewashing the whole thing. Yeah, and and you can get. I mean, five point two works most of the time, but if you try to throw five point two on the really high alkaline problem, yeah, it's not going to work. Okay. No, I've heard bad things about. Oh, that. have you? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the horror stories you hear about five point two, and that's the ones you hear about. Now, I guess what I mean is, will it get the pH right? But that's not enough. Not always. 
Oh, okay. Well, so it won't even always get the pH right. No, it's, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's a six, 60% solution. I mean, 5.2 will get you there most of the time. Most people, if, you know, if they've got pretty average water where their ideal beer to brew with their water is somewhere around a... Amber. Yeah, an amber. Yeah. 15 SRM. Okay. And, you know, that that works. Or if they got something, you know, if they're trying to brew a 15 SRM beer with Portland wire water and they use 5.2, it'll work. Okay. So I could but, kick some ass here with some 5.2 because I brew yeah. a lot of amber beers and I got nice eBay, eBay, uh, EB mud water. It's, yeah. it's pretty basic. Yeah. I could do just fine with 5.2. Right. It's the poor guys out there at the extremes, out there, you know, Dublin, Houston, Phoenix, and and Brewing Pilsen. The guys that have a lot of well water that come out of the ground that are really carbonic, way on one side. For them, it's not enough. Um, No. Or or the okay, it's one uh, way on one side, and they're trying to brew a beer on the other side. Okay. It it would help um, them brew certain beers, but not every beer. Okay. A buffer can only do so much, and 5.2 is just a buffer. Okay. So it, it, uh, to get into you know acid-base hydration, it, it, it's a you got to know where your water is to begin with. So if your water is already heavily buffered in one direction, the 5.2 can only pull it back so far. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Back to decoction. And, Doc, you can probably jump in on this too, but uh, we'll go John first. Do you have a comment on using a pressure cooker? For decoction, and they go on to say, does it make a single mash? Oh, actually, I don't know what the hell Daniela wrote there. Or can you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the second what part. What the hell? What we'll start with. You want to read the second part of your question there, Daniela? Mm, so, do you have a comment on using a pressure cooker for decoction? Yeah. For example, does it make a single work as well as a triple, or oh. can you get away with less volume? I see. There you go. What do you think about that? I don't have the personal experience to definitively answer that question. Okay. Um, but I would say that a pressure cooker should provide the malleid reactions um, that a triple decoction would in a single decoction. Oh, what do you think about that, Doc? Oh, go ahead, John, sorry. Yeah, in case that wasn't terribly clear. um, So if you use a pressure cooker to do a single decoction, you're probably going to get a similar profile to a triple decoction. Doc? Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go with that one with you, and I almost think it's almost spinning your wheels again. Yeah, you, it's, you, it's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and yeah, I think spinning your wheels. But but uh, you're gonna get more of what you get probably out of just like boiling in an open pot. So yeah. more more of what you get basically out of a single decoction, but. There's so many factors at play with that question that it, it's really hard to answer definitively. Uh, you know, I could do it one way, you could do it another way, Doc does it another way. It, it's not going to come out the same no matter if we did it the same. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it would be so hard to tell the difference between um, using that, you know, pressure cooker and me doing a single open air decoction or triple decoction. It's all good. If you're going to do the trouble to do it, just do it. You're, you're going to come out with a better beer anyway. You look at it. Okay. All right. Let's go on here. How about this? Now, this is a good question I think that came through kind of a while back. Is uh, To what extent does doing a decoction mash improve your, infici- uh, your efficiency? 
on average, because it is said that doing a decoction right. gives you better efficiency. Uh, Doc and I were talking about it. He doesn't need any help with efficiency. His no. system does great, and a lot of you know people have their efficiency dialed in. But how much does doing a decoction add to your efficiency on average, John? Do you have an idea about that? Um, again, you know, I don't have enough data. Okay. And, well, why don't we go? Why don't we just go into the empirical about why? Yeah. Well, why does it add efficiency? Yeah, why does it add efficiency? Okay. Not not how much. All right, then why? why? Good, good. Yeah, absolutely. But it add efficiency because you're you're making the carbohydrates more accessible. Now, the degree to which you make them, I mean that difference of accessibility is going to depend on your initial malt modification. So if you're doing a decoction with a highly modified malt, um, you're probably not going to see a big jump in efficiency. Maybe four points. Right. Um, but if you're doing a even a multi-rest infusion versus a decoction with a 36% modify, you know, modification malt, then I'd say you're going to see a significant 10, 12 point, you know, improvement in efficiency. It's because you know of the whole modification and what it means, and you know what your multi, what your mashing process should be to make best use of the malt that you're working with. Yeah, it's it's uh, all about the malting. It was under-modified. The malting wasn't all there. And now you're doing the next, next step, which is the mashing. And uh, it's all about breaking things down, busting it up so the yeast can eat small sugars. And when you're doing this decoction thing, you're, you're bringing it up to a point where you're just, like, busting it out. You're breaking up uh, these pockets of starch and uh, make it more available more available uh, sugars your efficiency goes up so that that's the why how much who knows yeah i think any 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 individual brewer is probably going to hit a ceiling as far as his laudering system is concerned and when you're at home brew level you know what the heck yeah when you're doing a five or ten gallon batch it, it it's the, the difference between a pound of, of malt, yeah. And, and, oh, I I missed my grain. If you would have thrown another pound of grain, and you would have been, you know, hit your OG, yeah. And at that point, it's a buck. Does, yeah. it, does it really matter that much? And if we're doing like a ten barrel batch, it would matter. Yeah. When you got to like make money for the suits. Okay. All right, how about this? Now, I've uh, spoken to you about this briefly, John, and, and we both refer to actually Denny Kahn about this one, so he's sort of the, he's done the actual side-by-side test, but I think it's relevant anyway. The question that came through from the chat room is, have you found that, uh, actually, yeah, this person says, I've heard that decoction doesn't really make a difference, and he wants to know what you think. Uh, he wants to know if people can see the difference in a finished beer. And I guess by see, we mean, you know, taste it and see it and, and the whole bit. Yeah. So I know that Doc is going to have some answers to this, too, especially based on what we just exactly. did. And I'm glad about that. We can use uh, what we did yesterday right. as an example. But, John, what do you, you know, uh, theoretically, what do you think about uh, whether or not decoction makes a difference? I don't have the data in hand to really to get to give, um, you know, one, a hard answer one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, Denny said he's going to send me uh, some data that he had gathered. Cool. He did a side-by-side, right? Yeah, he did a side-by-side. I think it was even a triangle test, you know, blind tasting. Oh, great. And from what he told me, 
that was inconclusive. Now, whether it's, you know, maybe 56% picked one over the other. Okay. You know, statistically, that probably wasn't a conclusive answer. Yeah. There's lies, damn lies, and there's statistics. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> well, and adding, let's say, let's assume for a second that it was completely accurate. Then you have the margin of error. Yeah. And so 56% is hardly uh, yeah, one way or the other. Yeah. 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 It's more of like 50, 50, 50. Yeah. 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 So um, I I haven't tasted the difference. I mean, I haven't been able to, you know, say, oh, this one's decocted and this one wasn't. I can't, I can't walk up to a beer and tell that. Okay. Um. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to have to pass. Okay, Doc. Well, I um I've talked to Jamil a couple of times about this whole thing, and uh, certain beer styles are better mm-hmm. decocted, and some are better with uh, he calls it kettle caramelization. Yeah, and other are better uh, modifying the malt bill, and uh, instead of doing decoction, right? Yeah, and he, he tends towards uh, modifying the malt bill, especially on his Scottish ales. Okay, or his milds. Kind of thing, and I haven't talked to him about, uh, let's say, Doppelbox or that fraction of it. So I just looking at what we did yesterday. Yeah, and it was it was dramatic. Well, and now the color was what we because we haven't tasted. The only reason it yet. I did this was for the color because yeah. I did not want to add a lot of dark grains. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I added the dark grains in the last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. In the and mash, I guess the, and I guess what I was saying is right. You know, if you Plan a an infusion mash with appropriate malts versus a decoction mash with appropriate malts to end up with the same beer, you know, color, uh, flavor profile, you know, hopping rate. I'm going to say it's going to be hard to tell the difference between the two. Okay. If you take if you take the same grain bill that you did the decoction beer with, and just do a single temperature infusion mash. Oh yeah, big difference. Yeah, the color will be very, very exactly. different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, so it's um, you you got to use the method that suits the grain, that suits the style. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I'll tell you, I, what Doc and I are hoping for because we haven't tasted it, but I think this is a is a prime example of that because we got all of the color out of what you'd get from adjusting your mash. Without adjusting, or, or adjusting your grain bill rather, grain without bill. adjusting our grain bill. Uh, right. Instead, we got it out of doing the decoction. So we're going to get, because of the style of beer, we don't want it very roasty. We don't want those other flavors that adjusting our grain bill would have done. Right. But right. instead, we got awesome color. All right. of that color that we would have gotten out of adjusting our grain bill. And maybe even yep. better. Just even after the the first decoction, yeah, uh, we boiled it down. I would say it was a, a SRM twenty. It's so cool. Oh, and we, we we didn't so we we're, we're boiling down. We're looking at it and okay, that's cool. And we got to put it back in the main mash. The main mash was a SRM three. Yeah. And yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and we put it back in, and you know, it's you just, saw it, Daniela, when we transferred it to the kettle uh, when we were done with our whole mash and we started doing our louder. Uh, how cool was that color? It, it was super cool. Really it deep. Very. It was just like this copper yeah. kind of yeah. awesome color, and we didn't. We we. I probably put maybe a pound of chocolate malt in sixty four pounds. Yeah. And um, almost all the color came from the decoction. 
Yeah. And we're going to come back to that at the end when, after we let John go, because I, I do want to focus on how you did the chocolate malt. I okay. thought it was a cool, it's right. very short and a cool uh, 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 tip that we can throw in. Okay, I still have a couple more questions for you here, John. Okay. Do it fast. Uh, what yeah. the heck? You're here. I'll, I'll stay to the end of the show. The family's <laughs> fed. I, I got a ham and made rice. They're all set. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Too. I think they've got ham. Everybody's fine. I yeah. wish we had ham. I'm really yeah. hungry. <laughs> no kidding. Um, okay, here's another basic question, uh, or a general question, rather, that came through. Uh, so in general, they want to know, uh, do you just use a single decoction for most beers instead of, say, a double or triple decoction? So what is the average here for doing decoctions? Or or is there one, I guess, is a good well, question. To me, it goes to my laziness factor. Yeah. Go ahead, John. It, depend, it depends on, you know, who you are and what kind you're brewing and what malts you're working with. Okay. As I said, the the single, double, triple depends on the, or should depend on the malt you're working with. What does that malt need? If you're if you're working with today's highly modified malts, but you want a decoction beer, then you should only be doing the single. Okay. You know that's the, if, to really sure. you know, try to pin it down. So, so that you're not if running you're doing a hefeweizen. Yeah, you should probably be doing a single. Okay, now that's a. G- I had a question about that. Somebody actually, where is that? Uh, that's a little bit different reason why you're doing the decoction on a half. But yeah. Oh yeah, somebody wanted to know they're they're going to do a half, and they wanted to know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what are the different temperatures, and how do I choose which temperatures I'm going to use for a half? So if you're going to do a decoction for a half. You're saying you do, you just... I would do a single on that. I don't want a lot of caramelization, okay. but I, I want to really break up the proteins. Okay. And uh, pull it into where you're going to start at a protein rest, 122, and then do the decoction, try to get it back up to, you know, the, the mid-amylase range. Yeah. Would you go with that too, John? Because you were saying earlier that with a single, yeah. you'd do it post-conversion. Yeah, well... In the case of a half, where okay. you're working with a, with a, a bulk of unmalted wheat, you've got a lot of beta glucan to break down. You've got protein to break down. Um, so yeah, you're gonna you're gonna um, do your rest um, to to work those enzymes. You know, the beta glucan rest, the protein rest, and then you're gonna um, pull your decoction. Uh, maybe for the conversion step from protein. Um, and make that make a, a bulk of that wheat, you know, more accessible to get higher extraction out of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is the dough in temperature for a triple decoction? This came through. About a hundred. Yeah. About 100. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere from a hundred to hundred and ten. Okay, so right in there. That's yeah, your you, you want to go low, go slow. What's, let's just do this now. So that's your dough and temperature. What's right. your next temperature? Uh, about a 122, 121. Okay. At the protein rest. What's your next one? I like a low 40s. And then the, the 140. Yeah. 140, low, yeah. low 140s. Okay. Uh, it's a range. And then finally your actual conversion uh, high temperature. One, high 150s. Okay. Mid 150s. Okay. John? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> right on. <laughs> okay, uh, here's an interesting question, I thought. Um, this person says, I've found that with a brew that I've used decoction, the ferment is cleaner and the yeast is cleaner and the beer seems to settle out a lot faster. 
He wants to know, would this be due to the fact that when each decoction is boiled, the proteins are coagulating and being filtered in the mash? Yeah, you're definitely con- yeah. complexing the proteins and tannins. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you're busting things up. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So would you two both kind of, whether you have the actual stats to, to back it up, would you say in general a decoction would make for a cleaner right. fermented dropout like that? Protein, yeah. proteins yeah, okay. and proteins are big molecules, huge in, in the, the scheme of things. And, uh, by doing the decoction and boiling these things, yeah, you're busting them up. Okay. Into smaller chains. So. Well, yeah. that's a benefit there. Yeah. Especially if you're not a filter guy. It, yeah. It, as long as you don't overdo things and then you come up with a thin beer with no head. Okay. I got a caller here. I got Oz on the air. He says he disagrees with both of you. Oh, Oz, don't make me come all the way around. Hey. Oh, come on, Doc. Hey. Hey, man. Hey, Doc, you're having a bit of a drink and you don't call me up and, and you know, tell me. You know, no forewarning. <laughs> you know what's funny, Doc? <laughs> uh, hey, turn down whatever you got that's echoing there, Ozzy. Um, it, it, I... I called Oz earlier in the week because, and in fact, I may do this with you uh, when we when we let John off the hook because Oz has a great sort of very simple uh, decoction uh, method, and yeah. it's kind of it, it could be done in like ten minutes. It's it's a really just kind of quick and easy. Oh, see, I don't know why we're echoing. Oz, call back. Cause... Yeah, Ozzy, call me right back. But I anyway, the, my point was, uh, I told Ozzy. Um, I need you to. I'd like you to help out with the decoction show a little bit and do the simplified version of it. And I want you to stay sober. And then, right, like five minutes after we started the show, he sent me angry messages saying, "How come I have to stay stay sober, but Doc can show up hammered?" <laughs> but I think the last couple of weeks I've sent him some like drunk emails. <laughs> I'll misspell on purpose and everything. Yeah. Okay. Here's a quick one. Uh, would you recommend decoction for a barley wine? Either one of you? No. No. You'd say no? No. Because you're using highly modified malts generally for a barley the, wine? W- there's no point. It's just, as John said, you're spinning your wheels. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a barley wine, you've got, you've got such a high gravity. You've got such intense, um, you know, high caramel sweetness. You've got such a thick body that you, a lot of your, your malty malliards are going to be lost um, in that. Uh, now, if if this barley wine is going to be low hopped, yeah, eh, then yeah, maybe maybe decoction could could have a role in there. You know, depending on the the malt so, character you're developing. But. So you're talking about a young, drinkable barley wine as opposed to something you might want to age. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it's it's going to be. It's I get my I guess what I was going for was that. Auction type flavors are going to be hard to see in a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, basically, what's the benefit? Okay. Yeah. No point. So no, no, sir. I'd say no. And unless you really make that barley wine more like a double bock or triple bock, <laughs> where you know you're you're you 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 dumb down the hops, um, you really let the malt be the entire beer um maybe you'll get some a different character from a a decoction okay uh, some accent in that barley wine from decoction that you wouldn't otherwise get but um i don't know most barley wines are so thick and complex it'd be hard to pull a decoction note out 
I think I'm going to throw in the uh, the White Brothers uh, answer for this one, which would be <laughs> it depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and with that, just going to go ahead and give a hoorah for homebrewing because you know what? Do it. You know what? Just do it, and then uh, why not? Uh, because that's right. Maybe you're spinning your wheels, but as John is saying, you know, maybe adjust a couple of things, and who knows? Maybe you'd get an awesome, different sort of thing out right. of it. Right. Uh, and the beauty of doing small batches, man, go for it. It might be yeah. that award-winning barley one. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what. I, I think I've decided that the only time I can ever answer questions that come through. Is if I just steal the answer from the White Brothers, say, because <laughs> it's because I, it doesn't make me sound dumb necessarily because I'm not giving the wrong answer. <laughs> just saying, hey, you know, it depends. What does that make of them? <laughs> uh, here's one that came through for Doc, but John, you probably have uh, maybe some things to say about it too because you um, you've got a great chapter on water. And by the way, we got another water show coming up. Uh, not going to tell you when. Not going to tell you what's happening, but it's coming up. Uh, this question was because you were talking about well water before. Right. So this person wanted to know, um, he says, well water has lots of minerals. Are they hard or soft? John? <laughs> it depends. <laughs> yeah. It depends. Damn it. It does, right? It depends on your well. Yeah. The way yeah. I look the way I look at it, it you're going to get water from two surfaces. You're going to get it either uh, snow melt, which is uh, hetch hetchy where we get it from. Yeah. Uh, and it's all soft. Because it's snow melt, okay, or it filters through the water. It th- through, filter filters through the, the through the rock, rock, rock yeah. and it's going to pick up minerals as it goes. So if you're, you're talking about deep wells, you're going to get a lot of minerals, and then it's hard. Yeah, okay, but it depends. It depends on what kind of minerals those are. It depends if it's sulfate or carbonate, that kind of thing. So you got to know where you're coming from. Which ones make if, it hard? If you well, calcium, magnesium are your hardness minerals. Yeah. Also. Manganese, iron, uh, chromium—you know your your metal ions are what make a make the water hard. Okay. Soft means that it can mean, mean two things: either you don't have many minerals at all, it's like Pilsen or Portland, where it's like you know single digits across the board, or it can mean like Houston, where you've got such high alkalinity that the water seems soft, but Really, there's a, there's quite a bit of hardness there too, uh, a level of hardness that anywhere else would be called hard, um, but it's really the alkalinity, you know, the 300 parts per million of alkalinity uh, that that makes the the beer suitable. I mean, the water suitable only for brewing stouts. Right, the alkalinity is almost a stall factor. Yeah, you can't. It it buffers so hard you can't pull it down. Though anything yeah. but like a lot of dark malts. Okay. So it, it depends. It depends. <laughs> I love it, yeah. man. Yeah, well water, uh, a lot of people seem to get slammed with manganese and iron. And you don't want either one of those. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that. that's a, that's a, that's a black ball. You don't want either one of those in your water if you're going to brew. Because it will make them taste nasty. Yeah. It, it's don't, clean, don't, it's well, doesn't matter if the well water is hard or soft. You got iron and manganese, your host. As Cleveland says, that's just nasty. Okay. Listen, I gotta pee and I gotta refill my beer. You're not even standing. John, could you hang in there through a break? And sure. I, actually, it will be a, it's cool because we'll do a short segment when we come back, but fun. We're gonna do Stump the Palmer. Oh, awesome. Everybody, <laughs> everyone wants to play Stump the Palmer, John. 
I want to say <laughs> pump, pump the Stalmer. <laughs> so we hear what we're going to do. Uh, and you're going to want to stick around because we're going to play Stump the Palmer. And then also we're going to give Doc's uh, tip about um, how to add some roasted grains to get color without getting that roastiness. It's a, it's a really simple kind of, but you're going to, you're going to want to hear it. Hey, Ozzy, I, are you still there, buddy? Ozzy? No, I guess I hung up on Ozzy. Okay, that's good. Uh, Ozzy, here's what <laughs> we'll do. Not good. Because, well, well, no, it's not good, I, but I didn't want to wait better. for the break. Um, here's what we'll do. We're going to come back. We're going to do Stump the Palmer. Uh, I'm going to let John go so he can go hang with the fam after that, and then we'll get Ozzy on the air real quick and we'll have another beer, and, and, and we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. Because Oz really, really disagrees. Does he actually? Strongly, yes. With what? Which, which, which part? I don't remember. It, it, it usually it's protein rest. Yeah, I think yeah. it was something about that. Oh, with yeah. both of them. Oh, see, then I want him to... All right, Ozzy, just call back after the break, because i got to have John on if you're going to call. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I really know I know Oz's stand on the protein rest, and actually I kind of agree with him. So. Oh, okay. All right, well, that sounds exciting, too. Get yourselves a beer, have a pee. Uh, when we come back, we've still got John Palmer on the line, author of How to Brew. Go to howtobrew.com to check it out. Stump the Palmer when we come back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back in, I think it's about five minutes. Hang on a sec. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, but yeah. again, it just kind of it really weakens the beer, though, in general, putting the lime in. Yeah, and that's why. I mean, normally, you know, you take it, you shoot it back hard. Yeah. And it comes into your mouth, mm-hmm. and you swallow, and it's still coating your tongue. <laughs> I'm on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Oh, oh, mm. There's no one in the room, right? Yeah. All right. That's a really hard line. You wrote it. What's with the Abacast dream? God damn it. Oh, these are really hard. I'm just going to have to do this a bunch of times. Who wrote this shit? You know what? Go ahead and start me over. And just trash that trash that whole tape. Hit that fucking whirlpool by grossly. Holy shit, I need some air. Damn, my yeast will not proof in my Oh. Oh my god, I'm so white. Okay. Proof and fucking boobs being rude and my kid pull the back out of save that a whole lot faster. This whole chat room I want now, Justin. Shit, that's a lot of words. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Ow. I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Jim, blah, blah. That's the end of that. Then we're off into the pseudo chorus. Shit, I just got booted out of the chat room. Oh, I was so in the groove on the last one. That was crap. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the... Th- Fucking chat room. <laughs> Did you have to laugh? Sweet shit that likes life and arrow big. Damn, play you still not proof and I'm a- out of air. Dog's little boys in my ear screaming. I realize that I'm missing two whole bars of lyrics. Damn, play you still not proof and fucking boobs being rude, my kid. I, that one's impossible. Think I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear. This is where it just goes falls apart. I don't know how this worked in my head. Motherfucker, drink! Drink! Oh man, that's Yeah, that always kind of hurts me. The, you're kind like, drink! That part's easy. It's how do I fit all that other crap in there? Alright, that's probably good enough for now. 
Oh, that's funny. Is that you? Oh, that's me. Shit. I'm throwing down an angry rap song. Oh, what time is it? Probably within the next 20 minutes. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. Okay, running out of time. That's the gay version. Okay, don't even think about putting that on there. <laughs> this is just pathetic, isn't it? Look at the two jerk-offs. Bet I don't have like a good ripping fart right now or something. Wait, uh, I'm actually touching cloth. Doc's little horse and my hair screaming. Are you doing that, Freddy man? JP. <coughs> it really sounds like I'm on the pot, doesn't it? I think it does. Oh, let's just defend. Take a crap. I'm out. Freaking <laughs> out. You're listening to three guys. Excuse me. What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, we're back on the Decoction Mass Show with John Palmer and, of course, uh, the great Dr. Scott. And uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff here. Also, a few discussions uh, with other folks. I wonder if I could get you... Uh, let's see. Hang on. You got Ozzy on it? Well, he's Skyping me, but I, I don't think... I don't know how to get you both online at the same time. <laughs> mm. I haven't figured out the whole conference. Co- Maybe if I hit the conference button, it'll answer him. Yeah, you, usually you hit, like, conference one, get the other guy on, then hit conference again, and then three connected. I should know this stuff, right? Like, it's my job. <laughs> Ask your secretary. Yeah. Daniela, you mean? <laughs> Excuse no, me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your boss. Yeah. yeah the, there's another secretary, uh, JP. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, John. <laughs> I'm hitting the conference button, but nothing happens when I hit that button. Maybe if you take him on Skype, it takes too much bandwidth, too. Yeah, just call on the friggin' phone house. They don't have telephones in Australia? Uh, only the neighbors have that. What's that, Doc? Only the neighbors have that. <laughs> and they're five miles apart. I think something's wrong with his telephone, that's why. The conference button doesn't do it. All right. Wait, just, wait. Just should, call on the phone. Can we dismiss the fact that Oz might be too hammered to call? It could be. Or I'm too hammered to figure out an answer. Yeah. Look, as much as I like technology, I love all this stuff, uh, and I use it, you know, it's part of our business. Sometimes I just want things to be easy. Like, can't we use telephones anymore? That bothers me. Can't everybody just be in the studio? <laughs> everybody drive up there to the bay. Oh, yeah, we like that. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, um, let's get Oz to email it in and uh, talk about it that way, or we can do it on another show. No. Um, I don't know. So, John, when, you, when are you coming up here? Uh, actually, I'm going to be up there probably over Thanksgiving, probably over um, Christmas, perhaps. And then I'm coming up to do a, uh, a dental seminar at UCSF on... Uh, a what seminar? Dental. <laughs> Why? What's with you in Ortho- dental? Actually, I'm orthodontics, actually. Ah. Oh. The day job. And uh, I think that's the 19th, January 19th. That's the Friday. Well, you can hang out. Yeah. You, you need to come into the studio and, like, hang. 
I would love to. I really would. It's so much better, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. Ozzy, you there? Hey, man, technology sucks ass, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's a big oh, pain in the ass. What's wrong with your phone? Uh, now it's your phone. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> All right, well, let's do it quick. What do you got? What, what's, what do you have against this thing? There, there's a lot of people always saying, you know, you can add grains and you don't need to do a decoction mash and all the cold decoction is doing is adding color and that sort of stuff. But it's not, there's so much more happening. You've got, um, you know, you, you, you're sucking all the, the more, more starch out of the grain. You're converting more starch into sugar. If you, if you add more grain into your mash to compensate, say you want some melanoidin grain or, or an aroma grain or whatever, what you're doing there is you're going to increase your final um, gravity reading where if you want a good beer that's been decocted like a, a Czech Pilsner, you want a, a lower final gravity, but you want those extra flavours that are going to come out of the decoction. The other thing that, that's happening too is you're, um, you're coagulating what's left over, so you're getting that stuff out of the grain before it actually goes into the boil, so your final beer is going to come out a lot cleaner and crisper. Okay, so let me get this straight. And 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 by the way, you're coming through terribly. So I don't know if anybody got that. But I, I heard. Um, are you saying that uh, you can only do a decoction that none of the the modifying your grain bill does does uh, fuck all? Well, modifying the grain bill is going to give you the flavour and colour, but that's it. You're not going to get the extra. Um, you're not going to get the extra clarification uh, conversion out of your grain. Okay. And your final gravity, unless you then go back and adjust your um, your mash temperature, bring that down, the more grains that you add into, especially the darker grains, the more of that you add into your mash, the higher your final gravity is going to be. So okay. instead of having a nice, crisp beer with a richer flavour, you're going to end up with a sweeter beer. Okay. Uh, John, so you got all that? Yeah. So, in your response, will you please include what he's saying, just in case it didn't come through on the audio? Okay. Well, I, I agree. I basically agree with Ozzy that um, I think, in principle, you're going to get more other than simply flavors and uh, degree of attenuation from a decoction beer uh, versus an infusion beer. You're also going to get uh, a little more clarity. You're going to, um, as we discussed earlier, you're going to get a bit higher fermentability um, uh, from a decoction beer with uh, less caramel notes, less uh, oh, roasty, toasty notes um, from you know additional malts that you would have used in an infusion mash to try to come close to a decoction mash. Um, I, it goes back to what we were, Doc and I were saying earlier. You know, can you achieve the same beer infusion versus decoction? It depends. It, it's there's so many factors at play that Ozzy is saying you're not going to get the same beer, whereas Doc and I are saying you can come close. And I okay. think it's it's the half empty, half full argument. I think in essence, it, it's it's not an easy answer either way. So if you want to get one out of the other. It's going to take a little effort. Uh, say you don't want to do a decoction and you just want to like play with the, the grain bill. Um, you can come close, but it's, it's not a simple thing. 
you got to really work at it. you got to know what malt you're adding into it. you got to know what your extraction rates are going to be. Or, like I said, you're going to get a sweeter beer with maybe not the crispness. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but it might have the same melanoidin kind of, kind of, uh, uh, flavor to it. That, and, and they have the same color, but you're not going to get the same beer. Are you alright with that, Ozzy? I am. I, I think if you put a, a beer in the competition that, uh, Czech Pilsner is absolutely my favorite for a decoction mash. And it generally comes out okay. If you put a Czech Pilsner that's being decocted, Especially a triple decoction against something that's had a little bit of victory malt or melanoidin. The the one that's been decocted should win all the time, hands down. Okay. Well, I I've told Justin even yesterday that this one's going to have to go in, into a competition. competition. It's looking good. Oh yeah. In fact, I want to take one of the uh, car uh, one of the cornies out of this and make it an ice box. Oh, a little ice box out of it. Yeah. Ozzy, are you on one of those phones that you gotta hold one piece up to your ear and friggin' wind it up to dial the operator? <laughs> no, he's at the he's at the local uh, bar. Yeah, where are you? I'm in my office. <laughs> uh, you want to give out your business number now because you're not doing a good advertisement yeah, sure. for how you do uh, business. <laughs> I'm serious. You sound like, you know what I'm talking about? Those ones where you hold the earpiece up and you talk into the wall unit and you can't actually dial. You have to call the operator and say, dial America for me. Yeah, we haven't got those in Australia yet. <laughs> You're still behind? We've still got the tin can and a bit of string. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I think Oz has got like face paint and, and moccasins on right now. <laughs> Can't even tell. That sounds like just like a conference call. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, I think it's your sister, mate. You think so? It's your computer, not mine. Yeah, have to be. Yeah, f you. Yeah, yeah, you're not as drunk <laughs> as you think I am. <laughs> now you make you, you, you make a good point, Ozzy. You did your, your decoction yesterday, and I know it took you twelve hours, but you, you're 13. doing um. What, 13 hours? Would you do twenty gallons? Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're doing a decoction of about. You know, eight or nine gallons at a time. Yeah, we we pulled a lot out. Five, yeah. five or, yeah. If you're doing five or ten gallons, it's not going to take you that long. And no, it's not that hard. Well, well no, and a, I, I made the point hand. of I, I really made a point of saying it took us that long because we were screwing around drinking and and yeah. partying and, too. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Like we barbecued. We had a lot of other things, but that's taking a long time to cool down. Well, it's twenty gallons. Here, j- hold on to your method for a second, Ozzy, because when I, when I get John off, I'll Skype you, and then we can hear what the hell you're saying. Cause, yeah, no worries. Because I know that you have a method that's real quick and easy, and I, I do want to get that out there. So let me I'll Skype you up as soon as we're done. Okay, Mike. All right, brother. There you go. Ozzy on a wind-up phone. <laughs> it's a toy phone. All right, you ready for Stump the Palmer? Yeah. John, you still there? Here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a little timid. Yeah, I'm here. And God's put John to sleep. <laughs> you know, John, uh, they, they will Google these answers, so don't feel bad. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Now, this one is a fill in the blank, so I'll read you the sentence, and you're going to fill in the blank. All right? Okay. For, for our first official stump, the palmer. That's a good one. We have had that before. Yeah, this one's cool. All right, here it is. During the mashing process... Blank ions are needed for stability during the alpha amylase rests. 
blank ions are needed for stability during the alpha amylase rests? I'd have to say it would be calcium. Or cations. Yeah, you're absolutely right. John Palmer is not stumped. Nope. Next. Who do you guys think you're screwing with here? (laughs) This is the the John. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got more there? Yeah, Yeah. we have one more. Okay. What brewery made the first light lager? It's referring to a brewery in the United States. What U.S. brewery made the first light lager? Oh, man, I was just reading Ambitious Brewing the other day by Maureen Noggle. Um, How is that? It's interesting. It really is. Um, you know, it's one thing. It's like, oh, dry history, boring, boring. But, you know, this is brewing. Yeah. So they're talking about uh, what. They'll pull it from anywhere. They don't care. To go off on a tangent, I mean, talking about, you know, early Milwaukee and Wisconsin, where German immigrants are, like, raising the level of society, raising the, the level of civilization. Yeah early American West. I mean, um, with a beer hall where, you know, you go there to enjoy an orchestra mm-hmm. and camaraderie and, and uh, stroll in the park, you know, and, and drink beer versus just working, you know, seven days a week, 24-7, trying to, trying to put food on the table. Yeah. Um, it, really, it really is an interesting read. Okay. No, actually, if you put it that way, now I'm interested for the first time. I've heard about this book for a while, and I kind of was like, eh, I'm sure it's okay factually. But that, yeah. if you put it that way, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And what was the question again? Okay. Uh, Daniela, the <laughs> that question, was my please. Point. What was the first what? light lager brewed in the U.S.? Oh, yeah. Or was uh, the first brewery? Well. It was the first brewery, right? Yes. Okay. First brewery? Yes. I guess it's the same answer, yeah. Uh, well, first brewery was in Massachusetts in like 1625, 1630. Yeah. Um, the uh, first lager was supposedly in Pennsylvania. Light lager, though. Light lager, but see that you know every so the American lager, the lager first, is a light lager. First <laughs> been uh, an Oktoberfest or a, uh, a Munich Dunkel style. Okay. Um, the the light lagers would probably. Uh, you're probably talking um, Milwaukee area uh, and um, and St. Louis uh, in the 1850 area. Um, I mean, August Shell came in to started brewing around uh, 18 was it 1880 1875, and uh, in Minnesota there in New Ulm, and they were they were a lager brewery also. Uh, what if I t- what if I told you it was from New York? Would you have a brewery? Oh, oh, New York. Okay. Um, what's the name of that town? Because I think John knows it. It's but when you when you come up with I, random questions, I like think this, he's got so many in his head. It's, it's hard to like, capture yeah. the ex- you know it, it's yeah. where it's on the tip of your tongue. That's why I'm giving him a hint if I say it's from New York. And you find him time to Google it, so. <laughs> See, uh, ironically enough, my first ancestor came to the U.S. came to the you know came to North America, yeah, um, in uh, and so I kind of researching just like, what was he a brewer? Was he a brewer? No, <laughs> but um, yeah, when was it? Sixteen what? He was a pig farmer, wasn't he? Sixteen thirty, yeah. Wow. Uh, I I don't know. He may just own a brothel out of all I know, but um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <You know. laughs> hey, respectable business back then. Hey, the world's <laughs> oldest profession. 
I can't remember the name of the town. Amherst is coming to mind, but I don't think that's it. Daniela? The listener thinks it's Rheingold. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Not not the word I was thinking of, so I would have to say stumped. Yeah. I never heard of that either. But I, I, have. I, you have, yeah. and I know who the listener that it came from, and he's got a lot of credibility around here. He knows his beer, so, so John uh, Palmer is stumped. We'll call, we'll we'll call him stumped. I guess you know for the time being, unless uh, if I know John, he's going to go find this shit out, and uh, if he's if he was right, <laughs> then he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be sending some angry emails. Uh, rant, yeah. Okay, we'll call you stumped. All right, all and right. Mrs. Henning just offered she's going to send him some fudge now because he stumped John Palmer. Gonna send Zymer Excellent. just fudge? Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. Cool. Zymer just get some fudge. Yeah, we've got a call coming in. Not even gonna screen it. Call her. <laughs> Hello? Who are we talking Hello. to? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Where turn, the hell is this damn thing? Turn the radio down in the back. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Who are we talking to? Brian, and I, I think I'm calling it for Drunk of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> let me tell you, I'm ripped. You said Brian, by the way, is uh, uh, not only a, a, a fantastic listener and fan of the show, but one of the sponsors of the BN's Conical Christmas. Nice. And, uh, rep- wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Representing himself properly by calling in for Drunk of the Week. How can I be a sponsor when I'm not the Brian you think I am? Oh, you're not? No, I'm sorry. No. Well, that's all right. Then which Brian are we talking to? Uh, Brian Carnell, just BC in the chat Oh, okay. Brian, Brian the Drunk of the Week. <laughs> you damn <laughs> Where are you calling from, Brian? Uh, you know what? I'm in Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, sometimes i got to get a little angry with the doc there with the way he thinks about Texas. But, hey. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. You California guys. Go ahead. It's, it's not like I haven't been to Texas. He's, yeah, well, you haven't seen a real Texas. Uh-oh. Well, yeah, I have. Um, <laughs> but, you know what? I'll give it another chance. Doc's an opinionated bastard. you got to give him that. <laughs> I, I I I I won't. It's a big state. Okay, it's a big ass state. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. You see, you got anything going, Brian, or just calling in for drunk of the week in general? I, you know, I'm just calling for drunk of the week because I am just totally lit. And, and to give Doc a little <laughs> shit. What do you? Yeah, what, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> what What have you been drinking? Uh, well, you know, I started off with a little Sam Adams because I had a little infection problem. Okay. <laughs> and, and now I'm on the the, the whiskey and. <laughs> the, the whiskey does you good. Oh yeah, well, it sterilizes things anyway. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sterile right now. <laughs> All right, you know what? I got a shirt for you. You want a t-shirt? Sweet. Yeah, I'll give you something, dude. As we haven't had a drunk of the week call in a little bit. Yeah. So uh, encourage that. Yeah, I'll give you something. You got to remember though to send me an email. How large are you? You, you, you or Daniela? Yeah, either one. It doesn't. Just send it to Daniela. Uh, Daniela at the Brewing Network dot com. At the Brewing Network. Yeah. Brian, are you a big guy? Well, I don't know what's big. Well, how, how, how big do you need a t shirt? I, I don't think I'm Oz big. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. Nobody is Oz big. But, but I'm a big boy. I can hold my own. Yeah. You know. What are you? Steak, I got to be a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you a fan of our president coming from your home state there? Pardon my French, but fuck him. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get into a political discussion. I just thought it was an interesting question. Oh, please, let's. <laughs> John's like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm getting a ton of these, uh, what are these, instant feedback things? Yeah, uh, from the chat room. What do you do for a living, Brian? Uh, you know what? I sell a whole hell of a lot of potato chips. Really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's it. From one of the big potato chip companies? or? Uh, well, 
only really one big potato chip company in this country. Okay, and that's who you sell for? Uh, hey, you know, I heard you know you were you were trash talking Fritos a couple weeks ago. Was I? What was I saying? Uh, you were saying something about it being junk food or something. I don't know. Oh well, come on! You can't tell me it's not junk food. Hey. Frito pays the mortgage. <laughs> You're like, hey, it's friggin' health food as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Damn straight. It keeps you healthy. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. I, send Daniela an email and I'll get you a shirt, Brian. Thanks, man. Okay. Y'all take it easy. All right, man. That's cool. Bye. <laughs> there you go. Hey, John, we haven't had a drunk in the week in a while, so uh, you yep. encourage that. I think that's your fault. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pin that up. Okay, I think that's about all I have as far as questions for you, John, but I did have this message come through, which I think is uh, one of the most important ones that you need to hear. And I, I know we did a little last kissing earlier, but this didn't come from us. It came from our listeners. And the and, and it's, it's not even a question. It's just a statement written on a card that came right from our chat room from uh, Daniela to you. And it says, John, thank you for what you're doing for homebrewing. And uh, that's it. Oh. That's all they wanted to say. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, I... I, I I really honestly don't look at myself doing anything different from anybody else out there. Um, you know, Denny and and you know all the other people on the forums and uh, Justin. I guess yeah. I mean, honestly, I I don't I really don't see myself as any different from anyone of y'all. Well, let me tell you what's different since you don't. Okay. <laughs> Let me paint that picture for you. Yeah. And by the way, a lot of this you can get out of uh, the one-hour boil, and not to toot our own horn, but uh, I spent some time during that interview because I wanted to know about John Palmer because to me it's interesting. Uh, uh, when people spend enough time to write a definitive book, I want to know what else it is that they do, and I want to know do they make a living at that, and I want to know how do you have the time to do that, and I did that with John. We spent a good uh, 20 minutes or so trying to, you know, I wanted to know where this book came from. So let me tell you, John, what's different about you and, and from what other people are doing. John has a day job, and he's got a family, and he's got a regular gig going on, and he realized that he was good at finding out about how to how to do things and he was good at finding out the nuts and bolts about brewing because he wanted to know himself and so as he was looking for information he realized that nobody had answered all of the questions that he has as a brewer so he decided i could i could i could answer these questions because i'm good at finding out the answers and i'm good at explaining them and so he wrote this book uh, and by the way, he wrote it by spending, you know, two hours a night, every single night for over a year or more, if you count all the revisions he's done. And John, that's what's different. You didn't sit down and go, hey, I could make a fortune by selling how to brew. Because <laughs> you know what? John hasn't made a fortune no. selling how to brew. Uh, but, uh, but you sat down, you spent the time to do it anyway, and you shared what you're good at with uh, the rest of us. And and I just want to, and, and you don't have to agree with me. I just want you to know okay. that that's what's different about what you do. It's the amount of time you spend sharing what you're good at with everybody else. So I, I thank you for that, man. Oh, well, thank you very much, Justin. I appreciate that. Um, I, my response will be, it's like, well, I, I just wrote about it sooner <laughs> yeah. than everybody else. Well, but, and that's I mean, true, but but you know what? It wasn't as if you sat down and wrote a journal, which is just like right. babbling off the top of your head. <laughs> you John, know? John, you did an awesome job about just laying it all out. And the thing I love about you is, uh, 
Hey, it's John. Hey, John. And John, can I hang out with you guys? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like John's, I'll tell you. I guarantee. Let me tell you what John looks like right now, like a friggin' tomato, because uh, he's a very humble guy. And the more we say about what he's done, the more he's sitting there blushing and sort of shy. Yeah. I know and John, like, and I know that's happening. He just, he just, <laughs> so oh, this uh, is good beer. Can I hang out here for a while? <laughs> Uh, so there you go. We'll leave you alone with that. But uh, the listeners wanted to say thank you, and, and so do uh, I. That's man. real nice. That's real nice to hear. I do the show every week, and I'll tell you what. I don't think I've learned uh, half as much from uh, our show as I have from your book. So that's my thanks to you, brother. Well, Justin, I'm, I mean, I sit here and listen to your podcasts, you know, on the way to work and stuff, and I'm learning stuff. I'm learning, you know, there's – granted, I know – 90% of whatever the speaker's talking about because I've, I've read and, uh, you know, researched this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there are shows all the time where someone will throw out that little golden tidbit. The yeah. pearl. Yeah. Yeah, that little, those little pearls. And I like, feel, ah, that ties something together, you know. I feel so much the same way. Yeah. It's, I, I'm hanging on every word because you're going to get something out of it. Can I just mm-hmm. cut out this sound bite that says John Palmer learns things from our show? And sure. I just like chop that out and, like, <laughs> and rerun it sort of for, for like a 24 hour period <laughs> so that people uh, understand that. <laughs> sure. I learned That's something. Awesome. I learned something. Okay. Uh, here, let me, let me let you go, John. Right. But before I do, I want to say, uh, a couple of questions came through tonight that, uh, you can find, and uh, I'm going to promote two things because, uh, there's no need for us to spend time on it here. Some of the questions that came through, you can find by buying how to brew. And I, I don't want to go over them here. Not to be a dick. I know we answer a lot of things, but occasionally you got to say, "Don't be lazy and go out and read something yourself." So a few questions, like one one that came through in particular was, uh, "How much do you boil off in the kettle?" and different equations like that. Well, you know what? Pick up how to brew. And I'm serious about that. I'm not just trying to sell books for John. I'm not getting any commission off of this. What I'm saying is, if I can go to a book like that and get something out of it, so can you. So I'm not going to bother asking John those questions because the man spent, uh, you know, a, a couple years of his life writing well, the, about it. The book is so well-rounded. Yeah. And it, it Check will it answer almost every question you have. So I, uh, if you did ask me some of those questions and they didn't get asked tonight uh, it, it, during the show, it's because you can find it in the book. The other ones that came through uh, that John didn't put in the book were questions that I asked him in our interview, and you can find those during the one-hour boil. In particular, a question came through, John, uh, this was a this one was fun for me because I was really thinking about switching uh, what I do for fermenting, and it was asking you what you ferment in and what yeah. you thought about glass or metal or plastic. And we talked about yeah. that in our interview, so you can find answers to those kind of things on the one-hour yeah. boil. Uh, old yeah. socks, yeah, <laughs> old socks, whatever you <laughs> ferment in. So uh, I'm not going to answer them here because I think you could, uh, you guys could go out and find those answers, and and I think that you're doing a service to the community if you do, uh, you know, purchase those products yeah. and do it. Daniela, did you have? A- Where do you buy a how to brew? Uh, okay, John, you want to tell us the different places people can find how to brew? Well, I would say ask for it at your local homebrew shop if they don't if they don't have it, um, they should. But um, if yeah. if not, then you have either the AHA home um, website, yeah. uh, beertown.org. There's a direct link there to buy it from them because they're the publishers this time. Not Amazon? Um, uh, well, yeah, or you can go to Amazon. You can get they, it there they, too, yeah. You can get it there too now. Um, 
Let's see where else. Oh yeah, or Barnes and Nobles for you know some of the, like the big major chains, national chains. They carry it now. Okay. I tell you, it's a kick walking into Barnes and Nobles and seeing your book there. And then, oh, you know, but I was just saying, oh, you're big now. Yeah, yeah. that's got to be actually oh, kind yeah. of kind of freaky yeah. even. Yeah, I walk by. It's like oh, there's two copies. That's me. There. Yeah. Hey, next, me. next my book. Only one. You know, yeah. John, you're lucky that you put that nice picture of the beer and stuff on the cover. Because imagine it was your <laughs> mug on the cover of that thing, yeah, and really. then you walked through Barnes and Noble and saw your ugly face looking back at you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we tried that the first time. Didn't go. Or, so or, <laughs> we didn't sell any books. <laughs> or somebody, somebody sitting there reading it, and you walk up to him and you go, "Yeah, you look puzzled. Can I answer a question? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, can I help you?" <laughs> That actually would be kind of fun That's if you way. ever happened to catch somebody reading your book, John, yeah. and you just wandered up and said, "Hey, yeah. can, can I, I help you?" Can can I, then they tell me, "Well, yeah." Then they tell me, "Well, this looks like the right the right thickness to raise my monitor up yeah. an inch or so." Yeah. <laughs> now I will say this: I hope you don't mind, John, uh, because a lot of our our folks like the free stuff, and I don't blame them. If you go to howtobrew.com, the first edition. Is on there for free. You have been generous enough that now you have the uh, the modified editions, which, by the way, answer a lot to, of of different questions that came out of the first edition. Uh, you mm-hmm. got to purchase that. But John's been nice enough to put. I think it's the entire first edition is on your website, right? Right. It's yeah. The 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 meat and potatoes is all online, mm-hmm. and these the green book, the second edition yeah. added to it. The third edition adds a lot. I okay. mean. Um, I spent all of 2005 going over the, the, the content with Randy Mosher and Ray Daniels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're at, they're making suggestions, you know, questions to answer. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't have covered decoction as well as I did in the third edition if Randy hadn't told me to. He said, you got to cover decoction. You oh, really? It's like, yeah. I was like, well, okay, uh, decoction, let's see. And, you know, it only, <laughs> It's like, what, two pages in that chapter? Yeah, it's short. But, yeah, but, you know, I, I think I was, I was happy with it after I was done. As saying, you should be. I, you know, I put some nuts and bolts in there and, and, you know, and, uh, so much of brewing is art. I mean, you know, you, I do it one way, Doc does it another way, you know, Justin tries. And. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have that as a sound bite? <laughs> yeah. I love this guy. You're such an asshole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get you in the studio. Man. No, no. <laughs> the first time I met him, he started doing this shit to me. Oh, some people just set it takes a new, so well. a whole new meaning to the one-hour boil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I I got that little part in there. Um, the logger section. You know, people are saying, you know, well, what, you know, if I pitch high or pitch low or do this or that, was it do the beer? And so I. I really tried to address that in the lagering chapter with, you know, what, what fl- off flavors, you know, diacetyl, acetaldehyde, uh, fusels, esters, you know, when do you get those and when don't you? Um, tried to, you know, to, to put out some bullet points, you know, as far as what, what to do and not to do or what to avoid. Yeah. So the third edition really is an improvement over the green book. Well, if you um, consider the fact that two of the other premier authors in uh, in homebrew writing, Ray Daniels and, and Randy Mosher, were the guys egging you along and prodding you to add things, it's yeah. kind of an all-star cast. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, 
It's the homebrew. It's the homebrew equivalent of that new movie that's out. That's got like uh, who is it? It's like Jack Nicholas and uh, and Nicholson. And Pitt, Nick, Nicholson. Uh, uh, yeah, Nicholson. Not, not the golfer. Uh, Nicholson <laughs> and Leonardo Pitt and, and like oh, like this all star cast of uh, like the book is kind of the same. Yeah. If you if you consider those three guys in homebrewing, that's pretty awesome. It is. It yeah. really is. People Why ask they... me to sign sign their books for them, and it's like, well, you want me to sign it? Well. Why don't you get Ray? Ray's right over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, actually, John, you signed my book. Yeah, I remember that. The yeah. uh, the NHC there. Yeah, the, the water. The Northern man. California. Yeah. Very cool. Signed it that Doxy, only other guy who gets water. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, I mean, I did I did my water talk up there in Northern California. Uh, this was, what was it, 2000? Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like, what, have one guy came come up and say, yeah, I understood all that, and. You know, versus all the other people, they're kind of snoozing. They're just you oh, know, there's so many glazed <laughs> eyes. Yeah, so that that was very cool for me to have you know have Doc come up and say I understood it and, and it was good and it's like wow, thank you. And I and I got some pearls out of that one too. Yeah, so it's all it was good. All right, enough going down on each other here at the end of the show. Hey, uh, he's not even in the studio. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're doing it over the phone. <laughs> when are you coming up here, John? You got any business trips coming up here we can uh, steal you for yet, or you don't know? Well, uh, like I say, January 19th, I'm um, coming up, but that's a Friday afternoon. You wanna, and, and you can uh, stay till Sunday, Yeah, why don't right? you stay for a weekend and have yeah, a little, make a party out of it? We'll, we'll see. I, I <laughs> you want I me to, to run it by management there. You want me to call your wife and ask if you can do it? Yeah. He's good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I do it for Doc. <laughs> like barely, uh, <laughs> barely. But I try. You know, it's always yeah. a, it's a good effort. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Love to have you I, in the I studio. Will, I'll definitely work on getting up there. The how how about if ever you're going to be in the studio or in the area, let us know. Yeah, I definitely will. Okay. I definitely will. At the very least, it'd well, be fun to be there. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight, John. That's awesome. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Check out howtobrew.com, and uh, don't be afraid to send John Palmer. Thanks for hanging out with us oh, for yeah. a couple hours here. So uh, thanks, John. You're awesome, man. Okay. All right, Talk bro. to you all later. We'll see you. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. It's only an hour, right? <laughs> You're a liar. I'm such a liar. I didn't mean... people in like that. No, I don't lie on purpose. I never mean it. I figured, look, at decoction, is a, it's a pretty concise thing. And after doing it, I'm like, okay, we can do this. So when I, when I tell fo- guests no, you an know what? hour... I call BS on you. You did the same to Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Scott, you want to come and do the show with me tonight? One show, yeah. One show. One and a half years later, the poor guy still sits here. <laughs> you did the same with me. You yeah. want to help me out tonight? You know what it is? It's because everybody has fun when they do the show, so I know that it doesn't matter. Like, if I say an hour, they're like, uh, like, even Ray did it. Ray Daniels, when I spoke to him on the phone, uh, when we did that, we had to do a pre-recorded interview because he couldn't make the show. And he's like, yeah, I don't have much time. And I'm like, yeah, no worries, no worries. By the middle of the interview, I'm trying to let him go, and he's going... Don't worry about it, man. Let's just, whatever you got, let's do it. And then people end up having so much fun that they're, so yeah. I know I never have to worry There's about so it. So many people, they get in like, I can't do a three hour show. What can I talk about for three hours? Yeah. And they're in here and they're going, we're done. Yeah. No, let's go back on. Yeah. All right. Hey, I got to make this quick announcement. Uh, Bug Eater Doc gave Boog. us a six pack of beer, uh, when we were at the GABF. Um, it's been, it's been booging you. The- but I don't have it prepped for today's show, Bug. So I'm gonna do Again? it. Next, I'm gonna do it next week. All right. I had it all written in the schedule, and then I got caught up doing stuff for the FM show. So 
my uh, personal apologies to you, Bug Eater. Uh, your beer is safe and well taken care of. And we'd be and much better if we do it early in the show it, next time. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to save it for next week, okay? And it's kind of special next week because next week's all mead. You're, you'll be the only beer that we taste on oh, the show. Oh, it's a mead thing? Next week. Yeah, next week's our oh, mead um, show. My friend came up from uh, uh, Santa Cruz this weekend. Adam, you met him? And he gave you some mead? He gave us some mead. Oh, that, that his ex-girlfriend left at his house and it was in the car by five years is that the guy whose dog bit my roommate no in the no, ass? no 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 that's, that's oh it was that's the other Brian. guy oh. that's, a, that's a different guy okay that no was adam dog. was the, adam was the other guy on the other side of the table <laughs> okay but uh he he said this this means awesome okay it's been sitting there and, and she knew how to make because i talked to her before okay and she knows how to make it i'll bring it all right so <gasps> boog eater Wow. Next week. And my personal apologies because, uh, hey, you know that we like your beer. Every time you've ever sent, ever sent us beer, we, we've loved it. So we're not avoiding it by any means. I just don't have it prepped for today. So let us do it next week if that's okay with you. And, uh, Trans had sent us a mead a long time ago. A really special mead. Uh, it's something that he went out and purchased and it's a rare mead. We're gonna take, and I, and he doesn't believe me that I've been, he thinks we just don't want to drink it. We've been going over this for months. Justin now. is afraid of mead. I've never seen no, him no, no, drink no. mead. No, no, this is, this is not that. I knew that this, this I did some, that. I did some research on this mead, and I know that it's a special and a good mead. I've been saving it for our mead show. So it's not me avoiding mead trans. We're gonna do it next week, okay? So we'll drink that for the mead show. Uh, one of our other listeners who recently had a baby, congratulations. He gave us a mead when he came out here to meet us. I'll give you his name and all the details next week. We've been saving his mead. We're gonna do that next week on the mead show. And we got a really good thing planned he for him. Mead. Yeah. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hey, who are we talking to? MedTech. Hey, MedTech. You always know. You know that at the end of the show, if you get a call from MedTech, he's <laughs> hammered. He's <laughs> fucking hammered. He's hammered. What's happening, brother? <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, <laughs> not you. What's What's the word, man? Oh, how you guys been? <laughs> I have visions of you just laying on the laundry room floor. Yeah, what have you been drinking tonight, <laughs> MedTech? What What have uh, you, you been having tonight, man? Oh, I had a couple English browns and some barley wine. Oh. And some barley Bad wine. All, all homebrew? Yep. Your own, <laughs> your own barley wine? Yeah, it smells in here, too. <laughs> how, how old is it? Uh, the barley wine is actually about a year and a half right now. Oh, yeah? And how's it taste? It's freaking great. <laughs> There's probably, like, bottles left. And I don't want to drink it all, but, you know, I can't help it. Oh, man. He's in one of those. I've been there where you're like, oh, this is all the stuff I want to save, but I'm half yep. cocked and I'm having a great time yeah, I'm, and yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep right on going. You got to give probably, him to a friend. <laughs> if you're a home brewer though, and you don't know what MedTech and I are talking about, then you've not been in the zone. Like, oh, yeah. It's where it's, you're enjoying it so much and you're having, even if you're by yourself and you're having such a good time, you're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Give me another one. Yeah. And then you wake up the next day. You hear that noise when it runs out. Oh, oh boy. Well, you wake up the next day and you go, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I totally yeah. meant to save that. Oh, Chad and I were just exactly. going to town. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, shit. What do you want? You want a shirt, Mad Tech? I'll give you something. I don't need nothing. No? Oh. Oh. What a nice guy. I'm good. Nice you guy. guys give me, give me enough. Okay. Yeah, pretty soon he's going to need an airway. Part of the show. He just knows it'll take a month for him to get it. 
<laughs> no, he's just a nice guy. Uh, Metek has done that before, actually. Okay. Now, you're a cool dude, Metek. Where is like calls from you, even when you call in for late, late drunk of the week? Late, late? Not mm-hmm. that late. Well, we already had our first one. Ah, so. <laughs> uh, he didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he was Double first. Yeah. Were you as hammered as him at the time he called in? What do you think, Daniela? Who gets the who gets drunk of the week? This one or MedTech or Brian? Mm-hmm. Oh, Scott. Brian was drunk earlier, so that's yeah. good. Gotta give him props for that. But Matt seems a little drunker. But I don't want to know what Brian in what stage <laughs> Brian is currently. So he could be just as drunk. Yeah, I think both like of them are right now. now. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think Brian was drunk. He was like already into the whiskey. And <laughs> but uh. you know, you know what? I was overwhelmed the most today mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. It's a BN number. One guy, one of our listeners, he's six foot two tall. He weighs three hundred and thirty pounds. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Holy <Monster>. shit! <laughs> Who is that? What's his name? Mr. Big. <laughs> no, just Mr. Big. Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Big. Aptly named. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So what would I look like? That's awesome. I want to meet Mr. Big. Me too. It's you know what really I say? Impressive. I say good for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're obviously enjoying life and, uh, what the hell? Hey, at least if, now if he were like 5'4 and 300 something pounds, then I'd be saying something different. Yeah, but he's tall and Yeah, he's, he's alright. Isn't yeah. that Bub? <laughs> yeah, Bub's 5'4 and 300 pounds. <laughs> no, Bub claims that he's below 200 pounds now. Is oh, he? cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> alright, Matt, thanks for the call, brother. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Alright. Good night. You too. <laughs> Let me tell you, our listeners rock. You yes, guys are they fun. do. You guys are a lot of fun. All right, uh, next week's the Mead Show. Okay, so you guys got to tune in for that. You've been waiting for it for a long time. Uh, Mead. I've actually got uh, guests lined up for no it. No way. That, uh, are they're actually going to show up? Well, they're confirmed. Who? Um, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. You never tell me Well, anything. I'll tell you this. The you folks, never tell me anything. The folks from GotMead.com, which, by the way, is the premier mead site. Yes, in, I've been there. In, yeah, so if you go to GotMead.com, those good, the good folks from there, I've, I've spoken to them quite a bit, actually, over the last few months about the mead show. And, and a couple of the people who work there are going to show up and, and talk to us about mead. And it looks like uh, one of our local meaderies um, is going to do it as well. Well, i got oh. lots of calls coming in now. Uh, so caller, yeah. you're on the air. Uh, uh, I don't see how Med could be, you know, drunker than me. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, I think I left drunk like three hours ago. Is this Brian again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we figured we, you were hitting the whiskey, so yeah. that's I'm good. I'm hitting the whiskey hard. Yeah. No, that's why I gave I gave it to you, man. You're my vote. So, Brian, did you, did you make this whiskey? Oh, of course not. No. No, what? no. I had a little infection problem, so I, I got no beer. Oh. So no beer equals whiskey. Now, when you say infection problem, are you, you're talking home brewing or like oh, a yeah. little personal oh, okay. problem? Yeah, like I was wondering if like you're not allowed to drink uh, beer. No, no, no. I had a I had a beer infection problem. Okay, okay. I probably and, and poured out twenty what, gallons of beer this morning. Ooh. What kind of whiskey are you drinking? Yeah. Well, I started off with the Maker's Mark. Nice. Uh-huh. And, and we finished that bottle, so we had to hit the Wellers. <laughs> now, when you say when you say we, who are we talking about? Me and my wife. Oh yeah. Oh cool. <laughs> Your wife likes the whiskey too. Oh yeah, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so smoking. <laughs> hey, that that girl can put the whiskey away. Really? I bet oh, she yeah. could drink me under the table, man. Oh, I'm pretty sure she can. <laughs> and uh, you got to work tomorrow, or what? No, I'm off. Ah, that a boy. So Sundays are a good time. I think for you gotta post a picture of the wife smacking back a shot, <laughs> throwing back the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, happen. Brian. I got other calls coming in too. Thanks, brother. Take it easy. See ya.
Bub, you pissed because we called you five foot four and three hundred pounds. <laughs> first of all, yeah. <laughs> I'm not pissed. Yeah, I'm not pissed. First of all, Doc is shorter than me. Okay. So yeah, if only I'm, a little. All right, only a little enough. Yeah. All right, when, when five eight is the measuring stick, a little is a lot. Okay. okay? Uh, second of all, yeah, yeah never three hundred, dude. Come on. <laughs> what are you at right now? Come on. I'm one ninety five. I just Excellent. Two hundred. And what's your actual height? Five eight. Oh, Rick. come on! You're stretching a couple Boop, inches. You're, you're shorter than what? I am. Well, fuck you! No, dude, seriously. <laughs> you can't tell me. You, Bob, five eight in heels. <laughs> Bob, you couldn't get close enough to Danielle to actually measure head to head. That's right. No, I'm I'm like a half inch taller than Doc, who's five seven, right? Doc is not five seven. He's shorter than I am too. I'm five seven. Oh, that's my stupid. And, and, and Bob, Bob's about right. I'm about a half inch shorter. He, we were like trying to stretch each other up, and now uh, he, he beat me. All right, so at 5'8", what's your ideal weight? 5'7". Uh, well, technically, I should 140. be like, like 150 or something. Yeah, like something Maximum. stupid, but I would look like I would look silly of that. Is there I mean, anything be... over, th- like, 30 pounds overweight considered obese? Yes, yes. I'm considered obese by the but government. He, you know what? He Are lives... you really? Bob yes, lives in the Midwest. It's okay. <laughs> He's bubbeast. Seriously, if I was, like, 160, I would look stupid. I would look like well, you. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, you, you, know, you just have to move to California. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I should be like 180 probably. Should be? Yeah. I don't know. But you're not. I'm not. Well, no. let me get serious for a second. Now, we are making fun of, uh, of Boo for being a big fat bastard, but I would never look at Bub and call him obese. Like, he no. doesn't look obese. It is an interesting thing that by law or, or by whatever the doctor, by law, there's not an obese law, but uh, whatever the doctors say is obese, that Bub, they, they would say he's obese. That's ridiculous. Like, well, he doesn't look obese. I guess it starts, you know, they call it obese because it really starts uh, threatening your health yeah. when you are 30 pounds above what you're supposed to weigh. My doctor isn't telling me to lose weight. So, oh, yeah, he's like, not. No. Well, yeah, but you're in like. What's, where are you what's at? What's your doctor's weight, boob? Yeah, he's like, yeah, his doctor's four hundred pounds. He doesn't tell me to lose any weight. <laughs> no, he's a scrawny little bitch. He runs marathons. And really? And oh, he yeah, doesn't tell you you have to lose weight. No, he's like, yeah. Actually, my fat it. doctor told me I should lose weight. That's why I lost weight. Really? Yeah. Did you tell yeah, him? Shut up, fatty. Yeah, actually, I got what? My cholesterol's like one sixty. Like oh, well, well in the. Good range, so I'm all good. Yeah. You're, not, you're not eating the cracklins? Oh, uh, no. Well, a little bit. <laughs> cheat every once in a while. <laughs> you know, that time of the month and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Look at that salt. Hey, caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Hello. Hello. Who are we talking to now? MedTech. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Oh. <laughs> Look at We did such a great show yes. with John Palmer, and then we got these buffoons calling you in You edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. MedTech, are you now wanting to argue with Brian about who's drunk of the week? Contest with me. Yeah. So you're, you're. I never said I was drunk of the week. No, 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 Brian. No, we just said you were fat. It was oh, Brian. Oh, who I'm said. the fat. The other Brian. Oh, I, yeah. I'm fat. Oh, what a mess. Okay, you're drunk and fat. The fat of the oh, week. Drunk and fat. Uh, this is like a, it's like a game of telephone where you pass it and it gets worse every time. Medtech now thinks that we're calling him stupid, drunk, and fat. <laughs> okay, yeah. are you still from there? <laughs> Uh, you want to you want to contest your position as drunk of the week, MedTech? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Are you fat? Am I, I fat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I think there's room for two here because I would give MedTech happy drunk of the week. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like he's just laughing about it. That's that's awesome. I still think he's laying on the laundry room floor. Oh, could be. All right, MedTech, you're happy drunk of the week. Is that fair? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, brother. Like All right, a week or something. And what can Boop be? The shortest uh, drunk of the week? Boops. Oh, fuck. Not me. Oh, dude, seriously. <laughs> Boops the obese drunk of the week. Man. Oh, the yeah, like that narrows it down on this fucking show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, Bob, when are you coming out to the West Coast one more time? I don't think he's oh, allowed man. anymore. Huh? Well, I, you know, I got... I'm, the wife's popping one out here in a couple months. Another one? No, no, it's the same one. Oh. But the, you know, the you same know, one that says he's got a cock? You remember the yeah, one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. that long ago. Oh, yeah. that was that one? Not that long, but... I forget it takes nine months. You're going to need a rest after all that. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish. You know, I'm blowing all my vacation. We don't get paternity pay or whatever the fuck. You know, lazy man's pay. So I got to take my vacation to... I'll make sure the wife doesn't split her crotch open. And, you know, <laughs> oh, cut this man off now. You know, if you live in, if you live in California, you get all that cool time off. I wish. Boop oh. is not allowed on this phone. For Come on, Boop. It's not on the phone. It's on Skype. <laughs> all right, he's well, Skyping. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? No, dude, Come on, Bob. Come on down. Look, just how how says, is this a bad thing, Daniela? She you thinks haven't had a kid. You don't understand what happens down there. Oh, yeah. and I don't want to be there ever. Well, just because he says you know, he's worried about his wife blowing her vagina open doesn't they mean actually, it's not true. The doctor <laughs> asked me if I wanted to sew it back up for him. Oh. <laughs> hey, you want to do that? Yeah, I can do I that. I got to leave. <laughs> yeah, can I, I can do that. An extra stitch or two. I'm tiny. Yeah, no, it's called the father's knot. <laughs> One extra stitch. Uh, hey, I got, I got to drop you because I promised I'd get Oz on with his early. No, Oz will be on in a second. He, I, <laughs> just, just you hold on. I got. We Go missed this two weeks in a row, so I got to do this. Okay. The the home improvement tip of the week. Yeah. There's gonna be two or three of them. Number one. Okay. Don't work with the the heating ducts and that metal stuff when you're drunk. Oh no! That shit is sharp. It, yeah. I, I've been in the hospital sheet because metal. of that. Okay. Oh, that is not good. No, it's and, like and be then, careful of the sheet metal. Okay. Oh, a band aid ain't gonna happen with that one. And plumbing. Yeah. God bless plumbers, except for the motherfucker who did my sink. Okay. Because that is, shit is crazy. Is this number two? That's number two. I'll I'll leave it with number two, and I'll go on a rant later. You give us number three if it's quick. I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what's number three? The period? Don't, don't piss know. on the electric fence or something? I, I can't remember. I'm but don't go in the attic. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But, Bob, yeah, I, Bob, I am so ahead. with you with the sheet metal thing. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Oh. So bad. So oh. many cuts. Bad cuts. Stitches yeah. and, you know, hand surgeons. Yeah. So don't, don't go there. You guys right. are crying, gonna, like, guys are crying like a bunch of pussies. Eyes, don't forget to pimp my sight. All right, Bob. All right, bye. We'll see ya. All right, cool. Am I allowed to announce this, Daniela? Yeah, absolutely. Daniela, oh, Jesus. Daniela's mom is listening to the show. Yeah. Every week now. Oh, boy. You know what's funny? is uh, Daniela's mom, her name is Honey. Like, it's actually her name. Yeah. It's H-A-N-I. Tell me that's not a porn name. Well, our last name is Pearl, so it's Honey Pearl. <laughs> Oh my god! But I'm saying, like, this isn't a joke. Like, this this isn't a bit. That's actually your name, Honey Pearl. Yeah, my mom is awesome. Hello, hello, honey. 
Hallo Ronald, großes mm. Shoutout an euch beide. There you go. Honey and Ronald, uh, let me tell you something, they're good people. If you ever uh, needed to meet good people in Germany, <laughs> they're them. They're a lot of fun and uh, cool to hang out with. And they like you. Yeah. Well, which got to say something for how at least uh, tolerant they are for uh, <laughs> other people, right? Oh, man, I got to call Oz. Who, who's call? Uh, caller, you're on the air. Or not. <laughs> All right, let me get Ozzy on the line here. Uh, he's got to do a quick rundown of his uh, decoction mash technique. But you better do it quick because i got to go, Oz. So uh, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, let's see if we can get him here. And uh, we'll wrap things up with just a real quick decoction rundown, uh, you know, a down under style. If he answers. If he doesn't answer, forget it. I'm out of here. There we go. Ozzy. He's probably out in the outback. Hey, mate. How you going? It's oh, good. There you are. All right. Give us the quick, uh, give us a decoction Aussie style. Go. Decoction Aussie style. I've got a, um, it's about a two and a half gallon pressure cooker. I whip out the, uh, I've got a big strainer that I, I had in my shop. Strain about a third, maybe a little bit more and get as much liquid out as that as possible without, you don't want to push down on it or anything like that. Just let it run out. And then, um, into the pressure cooker, bring it up to it, whatever the, the next rest is. Say if we're going from a protein rest up to um, the the sack rest, bring it up to whatever temperature you want to do there. Leave it for about ten minutes. He by said that sack. time, <laughs> <laughs> but by that time, look, all the conversion, all the conversion's done, and um, I put the lid on the pressure cooker and just turn the heat back on. Let it sit there for about five minutes, boiling away. And at that stage, it's liquefied enough so it's not going to scorch. Um, and with the lid on the pressure cooker as well, it reduces any problems of scorching down the bottom, that sort of stuff. Put it back into the um, into the mash tun and, and do it all again until I'm up to the temperature that I want. It, it's it's really that easy. A lot of people think that it's hard to do. But like I was saying before, you did 20 gallons, so you're sitting there stirring a whole heap of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you had man hands, you wouldn't have blisters. You need to go and do it. You know, I made Justin do almost the whole thing. <laughs> you would, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it really is simple. And I just, I don't let some people in the chat room were saying that they, um, um, can't tell, you know, people can't tell the difference between the beer that's been decocted and beer that, that that hasn't, but if you um, if you put two side by side, taste the difference, knowing which one is which, and then go and do a blind tasting of other ones, you will be able to taste the difference. Okay, I don't. And that's it. Um, I really think you're gonna probably really tell the difference between the two. Uh, it's just a whole different way of getting to from point A to point B. Yeah, and you, and there's a lot more things going on when you're decocting. Than just oh, of course just, is, just yeah. heating it up. You're you're doing so many more things. Even on you know it's, it's the southern easy. hemisphere. Yeah. It's I, I some people are saying you know they wouldn't bother. Why go through all that extra hassle? It's so hard to do. I don't think it's hard to do at all. It's really not, It's not that Sorry. hard to do. It's really not that hard no. to do. And as you're saying, it's not that hard to do. But is it worth it? It's not that hard to and do. And if your palate isn't such that you can really taste the difference. Not worth it. Uh, just do your infusion mash and make make the good beer that you're already making. It's not that hard to but, do. But oh, yeah. uh, Justin wanted to make something just out there that we hadn't done before. Yeah. Something, it, some- it is the next step. It's once you, you shouldn't just jump into it 
people need to, if you're beginning or you've done 10 or 15 um, brews or whatever, it's probably not the right time. But once you've got to a stage where you can't improve your beer anymore, I think, especially right. with German-style beers, like a, a um, like I was saying before, Pilsner's my favourite to do it with. Um, but even a Hef, you ah. Oh. The difference in a half is amazing. It really makes a difference in a half. It really does. And, and you think, I, I don't want to caramelize it down because I want uh, a three or five SRM. And yeah. it, it really, if you do it right, it's not going to caramelize it down to the point where it's going to make it dark. It, right. You won't make an amber half. Mm. Does that mean you can't, like, boil it for a long time, though? Because that darkens it, right? Or is it depend? It's grain dependent. It's grain dependent. So half of it, so wheat grain isn't going to darken. Is that what you're saying? It, it will a little bit. It's a different type of darkening, though. It's it's the it's a richer color rather than a darker color. Okay. And you don't need to do no, a triple decoction with with a half. Okay. Oh no, you'd only do a single, probably a double at the most. I wouldn't do it. Not a not a triple. But at all. it really does make a difference. Just in the mouth feel, and mm. I said mouth. Uh, <laughs> in, in, a, in a few different feel. things. <laughs> feel. <laughs> But it just in in the way the the beer just it just sits in the glass and it it rolls in your mouth and off the tongue. How 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 good it is as as opposed to an infusion one. And it's just the it's it's weird. It's the viscosity and the mouthfeel on a half, which is everything in a half. The other thing with the the boiling too, if you're not doing it in the pressure cooker, and it really does come from experience. I think um, some people sort of tout 15 minutes to half an hour boiling the grains. Once it's got to a certain stage and it's liquefied enough, there's no need to hold it there for half an hour, especially with a half where you don't want to get too rich a colour. Once it's liquefied, it started boiling. Um, you'll kind of get a feel of when it's done. You can keep going and get a little bit darker, but once it's, you're not going to get any extra um, conversion. Yeah. Which, which is what you should be doing a um, a decoction for to to get that extra conversion out of it. Right. One, once it's done, it's done. The the longer boil, I feel, will actually will only give you uh, a bit of bit more richness in the colour. Yeah, and you really don't want that with a half, but. But for something like mm. a Dunkel or um, a Doppelbach like we did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, That's right, yeah. Which is one, one of the reasons why we did it. Right. So, And I wanted to see them stir till they got blisters. Which I did. <laughs> <laughs> which I did. You, you, you need to put a six-pack of that away for next uh, next June anyway. All right. We'll do that for the anniversary show. We could do yeah. that. Well, we made yeah, 20 definitely. gallons. Shit. I only need is 15 of that. <laughs> uh, we're going to make an icebox out of one of them. That's cool. Okay, mm. Ozzy is going to post his method in the forum for cool. us. I'll do that. Yeah. So yep. uh, put that. Don't put it under beer radio. Put it in the proper spot there. Yeah. Uh, and so you guys, are, if you're used to just looking at the beer radio thread, you're going to have to go look at the mash thread or whatever the hell it is, and uh, look for for Ozzy's uh, simplified method for the method that Doc and I used, as well as John Palmer's method. Sorry, pick up how to brew because it's right there, and it's uh, and he really uh, a few questions came through about every single mash temp and what mash temp you should be at and what it's for. Uh, you know what? We we'd have to go on for another hour. It's all in how to brew, and uh, again, I'm not getting anything out of saying that. I just I really enjoy the book, and it's right there. It's there on like one page, and if it makes sense to me, 
you're golden, man. Okay, it means it's good. Or ask so, me next week. Or ask Doc. We'll, we'll answer. You know, throughout to, uh, you know the shows. We're not afraid to to tackle the question. But I'm just saying, if you want answers to all those, what temperature and for what and and what are we supposed to do? Pick up how to brew, folks. Okay, it's all right there, and it's uh, it's it's my new beer bible. I'll tell you that. My first one was uh, was Charlie's, and I still love Charlie's. But my new one, the New Testament, so to speak, do is John. Is John? Do you Palmer's. have my designing beers? Yes, I do. You let me borrow it. Can I have it back? No. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nearly done with it. Do you really need it? Well, I would. Well, not now. Okay. But like Thursday, I would have. How about this? You let me know when you need your book, and I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question should be, Justin, do yeah. you need that book? Yeah, I do need that book. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody knows that I, of, of everybody who listens and everybody who's on the show, I need that fucking book. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So there you go. All right, Aussie. So post that in the forum for us. I will, mate. Might even be some photos there. I might I might do a de- decoction next week Ooh. and get some photos up. Okay. Flew for to you. Flew for back. All right. Brother. We'll see you later. <laughs> little Aussie bald head going. There's Ozzy. All right. Get the hell out of here or what? Yes, please. Don't turn me off. I had to. You First were, of all. You were answering the phone. Second of all, don't forget that there's a Jamil show tomorrow. Oh, I never forget that there's a Jamil show tomorrow. Jamil would never let me do that. Uh, there is a Jamil show tomorrow, uh, and he's uh, discussing spice beers. Spice so, uh, beers? Did we figure out why... Yeah. Jamil didn't make it to October. Uh, you know, you're going to have to take that up with uh, the Pope himself because he knew all about it. I, I'm pretty sure uh, he had been doing a run of, of, of beer-related events and away from the family, like a lot of judging. We did the, the week-long trip to GABF. We did all that stuff. I'm pretty sure that uh, it was it was family time, and you can you can understand that. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening, although I don't mind if you take it up with Jamil, uh, preferably on the <laughs> air. I think that would yeah. be fun. <laughs> but uh, in, in, in Jamil's defense with him not being present, uh, I, he had been doing – you know how it goes at the end of sort of festival season yeah, and exactly. competition season. That man had been spending so much time on beer that I think he just wanted some time home with the kids and uh, – you know, Doctoberfest as glorious as it was, uh, it was. He probably couldn't convince his wife that it was necessary. <laughs> so. uh, on that note, I just want to thank everybody for a glorious Doctoberfest last week. That Did you have a good time? Fuck yeah, good. All right. It just smoked, and a lot of people showed up for you. So, oh, uh, it, it was just awesome. I think you got a lot of love out of it, people. Well, I could have got a little less of, uh, you know. Roger's ass. Roger's ass. Yes, <laughs> uh, but it was all good. Well, and at least he brought you good beer. And he did. To compensate for yes, that. Yes, he did. As did Sven. Uh, and I want to mention that I had uh, Justin on my banjo yesterday. Yeah, I played the banjo for the and first time. And he was doing good. And I, w- I thought I would have to pry that thing out of his cold, dead hands. The banjo's a lot of fun. I never thought I would like it. But I picked it up for the first time yesterday. and uh, He was just going to town. I got to call her. I'm afraid to even answer. No, he's a, yeah, well. <laughs> well. Caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? Mad tech. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to thank Doc for all the hard work he's done. Oh, that's cool, Hey, man. thank you. All right, thank that's a good call all. to take. Half <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us, but thanks to Doc. Hey, you I'm know, with you on that, me. Med Tech. Absolutely, that's a that's a great call. And it's true, because Doc spends a lot of time away from Damn his straight. family, too. All right. Hey, thanks, Med Tech. Thank you. <laughs> good night. Good see you.
As drunk as he is, he could call in to thank me. That's so awesome. Yeah. I just want to make sure Doc thanks to Doc. Right. No, it's like a game. Enough Thanks, of Doc. ass hitting. Let's get off the air. Good night. I'm so reading through questions that I got in front of me here, too. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> now, this is good. All right, fine. Who's answering this one? No, it's not a question. Okay, good. Congratulations to Crotchrot, who, a uh, longtime listener, everybody knows that, and helper of the Brewing Network. Yeah. Crotchrot passed his state licensing exam, which means he's now a official registered nurse. In Florida. Nice. So uh, I know he's been going to school for that uh, for, for a long time, for most of the time that we've been doing the show. And uh, he now passed his state licensing exam, which would explain why we've not seen too much of him around here. Yeah, he, he kind of looks laying low. Yeah. Trying to get through this thing, probably. So, so congratulations to the crotch. Dude, awesome. Good work, man. Moving on up, taking care of the family, taking care of business. I like to see it. Good for you. And congratulations. All right, kids. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you can't go wrong with John Palmer on a show and a, Never. And, true, true. and, and, and Doc half smashed. <laughs> Although today was like a reverse show because usually it goes sober to drunk. Uh, Doc did the opposite today. <laughs> yeah, I did. He went drunk to sober. Yes, I, I, I'm much better now. <laughs> well, it's good. You gotta mix things up in radio. <laughs> it's just so, the way it is. Yeah. Night, everybody. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks to John Palmer. Go to howtobrew.com. Uh, thanks to Beer, Beer, and More Beer for sponsoring the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas, as well as HCA Industries. It's H-C-A-I-N-D.com, and of course, morebeer.com. Check them both out as we're going to be giving away how many, Doc? Two. Count them. Two conicals. That's right. Two conical fermenters for Do we you have folks a song? to enjoy. Conical them. Christmas. I'll probably ask Push and Sven to write us one. Conical Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. What, Daniela? Something else? Metek just passed his national firefighter test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While he was drunk? Congratulations. That's why. That's probably why he's drunk. <laughs> Congrats to Metek. Congratulations and, yeah. to everybody who did something awesome last week. <laughs> or this yeah. week. Or this week or next week or whenever. All right. Thanks, folks. Uh, stay tuned to the Brewing Network and join us tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for the Jamil Show where we'll be discussing uh, spice beers. And next week, it's the Mead Show. Check out the Brewing Network store for all sorts of great merchandise as well as the one-hour boil featuring John Palmer. Or you can go to that other website that has the Doctoberfest uh, T-shirts. I don't even have it in front of me anymore. But you all want one. 28609.spreadshirt.com. But I'll post it in the forum so it's easy to find. You can get your own Doctoberfest shirts. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Give me a wheat beer on a hot summer day A bark will do me when the skies are gray I'll take a Belgian through any time And the women things the land big fine But don't you give me that American crew Boy, they want a real homebrew don't you really love a better homebrew? Can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all of the time. Yeah, I think I'll have me. Well, I'm the one right now.
and wine. Chocolate, porter, cherry, stout. Yeah, you know what I am talking about. But don't you give me that American cruise, boys. I want a real home cruise. Home cruise, don't you be the love of that home cruise. Can't get enough of it. Home cruise blows my mind. 